This is Ani's on Opas, a fan podcast where we talk about our favorite things about Korean dramas with special attention to the leading men of K-dramas, also known as our K-drama boyfriends, also known as Opas. And we are your metaphorical big sisters, aka Ani's. I am Susie. And I am Lynn. And we like to start out the episode by giving thanks for something that is delicious in our meal of K-dramadom. <laughs> so, Suze, to whom would you like to say, Jamo kiss me da? Okay, you have said this thanks already uh, a couple of episodes ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this time, uh, I was like against the clock <laughs> trying to finish up my homework for this um this episode and thank goodness for um what is it called global speed global speed my favorite thing global yeah. speed i i was like listen i i need some help so mm-hmm. i installed the extension on my browser mm-hmm. and it was beautiful and I met my deadline, right? and it was great. <laughs> it was it was great. Uh, I I really you know inventors very good, very good, right? Very useful. Mm-hmm. So the developers of Global Speed mm-hmm. deserve some special kind of award. If we ever do the Ani Awards, mm-hmm. they're definitely gonna win one for oh, best yeah. developers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without absolutely. Doubt. So. <laughs> So, global speed developers. Uh, Well, mine is real specific Mm. because I've been thinking uh, we are coming up on our one year anniversary since we recorded our very first episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was making me think about kind of one year ago right now. And we haven't really talked about this at all on the pod, but uh, for a lot of 2022 and into this year somewhat um i was not feeling very well physically i had some medical things Mm. going on and uh you know just thinking back on that and thinking about right now i feel so much better than i felt this time last year Mm -hmm. and i won't go into the whole big schmeal but the real short version is i went to two different specialists not to stereotype, but they were both men and neither one of them listened to me. (laughs) And then early this year, I went to see my regular GP about something else and told her about the ongoing, the other ongoing issue with the specialists who weren't listening to me. And my regular doctor, who is a woman, finally was the one who listened to me and put me on a medication that has completely changed my life, made me feel so much better. Mm. Um, And honestly, has has influenced my K-drama journey in as much as, like when we started the podcast, I was having, because of not feeling well, like I was having brain fog a lot of the time. Mm. And it made it really hard for me to be like watching several series simultaneously because Mm -hmm. especially if they had like the same actor in them i'd be like (laughs) i can't keep track of like which is happening and what drama i mean Mm -hmm. and that's still true to some extent but i right now have 
like four or five dramas in various degrees of mm. completion that I'm mm-hmm. watching, which just would not have been possible a year ago, honestly. Mm-hmm. So my thank you is to my doctor, Annie. She's that kind of person. She wants people to call her by her first name. I mean, also, I live in a real small town. Um, <laughs> but my thank you is thank you, Annie, for being a great doctor and for listening to me and more broadly, thank you to all the doctors who listen to their patients and mm-hmm. don't just blow them off. We yeah. love you. Come, Samida. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a good one. Yes. Uh, doctors who listen, please. More right? of that. <laughs> right? More please. Yes. of that. More Ugh. of that. Yeah. Well, Suze, what things did you... It's been a couple weeks since we recorded because Susie went to KCON last (laughs) weekend. Uh, So we didn't record last week. It's been two weeks since we recorded. So what have you been watching in those two weeks? Um, Okay, so I... You know, we've kind of like flipped roles now because I feel like in the beginning of our K-drama journey, I'm the one that's like watching like five dramas at a time. Right. Um, and, you know, going that way. And now I'm like, I mean, to be fair, work continues to be crazy. And yeah. so I just haven't been. And then I was at KCON. I don't know if you want me to do a KCON recap, but... Um, I mean, you're welcome to if you want to <laughs> tell about KCON. I mean, I, I would think, if nothing else, people would be real interested in knowing the bands that you saw. Like, okay. to me, that mm-hmm. was, like, knowing the groups that you saw mm-hmm. was the most interesting yeah. thing to me. Right. So, in terms of dramas, you know, we are, as we said, we were buddy-watching W, which mm-hmm. continues to be delightful and, like, intriguing, and everyone is, like, really good in it. So... That is fun, but also, like, Mm -hmm. because of time and people's things, you know, it's kind of slow going. So it's ongoing. It will be for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I uh, have been watching, and this is the my homework that was against the clock. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching I'm Not a Robot. Mm -hmm. And... You know, up until like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so, you know, because of work and because of KCON, I haven't really been able to watch anything else. Yeah. Um, and I had started I Am Not a Robot like the week before mm-hmm. um, that, but but I have finished it and we will chat about it when that time comes in this episode yeah i'm really eager to hear your thoughts about it yeah our oni of the week so like just a quick recap of kcon you know kcon it is a convention um for korean products and part of that would be like a lot there's a lot of commerce and so Mm -hmm. there's um a whole section of small businesses that apply to come to KCON and Mm -hmm. they are then like, if you, if they get accepted, they will be put in these like special sort of rows of booths that are called K collection. And for the attendees, if you like visit or purchase things from the K collection area, you can get like 
sort of gifts and bonuses. And in this case, they were given out um, some like little gifts, like you could spin the wheel to get a gift, you know, mm -hmm. if you visit four booths. And if you purchase some, for every purchase, you can get an 80s photo card. <laughs> <laughs> so as ambassadors, I guess, they, they exclusively just had like special photo cards of 80s connected to the K collection thing. So you cannot get oh. them anywhere else. Oh, okay. Um, but at the convention, like one of the biggest part of the convention is the K-pop component. So they have during the day the convention and at night they have a big concert with multiple artists um, mm -hmm. performing. And one of the original sort of missions of KCON was to promote um, not only like small businesses, but also lesser known and newer K-pop groups was sort right. of the thing. And it was supposed to be like more affordable. And I would say like for a concert like this caliber it, it the price is not bad you know yeah um because you get I mean, you did have to go to california for it you did have to go to california <laughs> so that is like the only thing like the travel your, you know your travel expenses but like for the event itself it is like not expensive but and mm -hmm. also you get a lot because you get to see multiple artists and then it's mm -hmm. like a three-hour concert like it's wow it's a lot you get a yeah. lot for like what usually is like one artist concert for like 200 bucks, right? Like it's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to like be super close to stage, it will be expensive. But if you sure. just want to be in the room like we were in, I was like, yeah, this is like not bad at all. Yeah. So some of the artists will come and interact with fans in different ways. There's like some like mm -hmm. a dancing area. There's like a performance area. Um, but Vicky, our friend uh -huh. Vicky. Had oh, a booth, you know. The Vicky booth was fun. You get to take pictures with Park So Jin and Jun Ho. <laughs> I mean, not the real ones. Not the real ones. Cardboard cutouts, but they were life size, <laughs> which was fun. And then you get little like boba cup souvenirs, which is also fun. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of like the gist of. Like what the like commerce booths do is like mm -hmm. you sign up for a thing or you like follow them on Instagram and they will give you like a free gift or mm -hmm. vouchers or stuff like that. So um, that was really good. There was like some interesting things. There's lots of Korean beauty stuff, of course. Um, there's some food things. Mm -hmm. um, there's some like lifestyle stuff like, you know, accessories and mm -hmm. but of course, the biggest draw is the K-pop artists. So we got to see uh, so many. Uh, the two nights we were able to go to the concert because, of course, we were there during the hurricane. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the so hurricane, as it turns out, right? The hurricane, yes. Oh, my goodness. So I had to. So we just decided to not mess with, you know, a flash flood warning because. Right. We've both know how dangerous that could right. be right i mean it was still hard because the last night had we really wanted to see stray kids yeah um but there were like multiple really good people that we wanted to see on the last night and um we were very sad i mean we were very sad yeah <laughs> we were very sad but yeah what can you do but we also have seen like a ton of other people you know and some newer groups that we didn't know about which mm -hmm. was really 
Very, very fun. So on day one, we saw Cravity, Ive, and Mix, um, Shonu and Hyungwon, which is a unit from Monster X. We call mm-hmm. them Monster XXL because, hello, <laughs> they're very tall. Um, we see we saw Taeyong, who is from NCT, mm-hmm. and Wavy, who is also in the NCT universe. <laughs> NCT is a lot. I don't quite understand how they work, but there were a lot of NCTers there. You can see from their like green light sticks. Oh, that's like so fun to look at the audience, see like what color light sticks are out there because people, you know, just bring whatever they have. Sure. Um, So there was a ton of them. Yeah. Um, And then. Tame Min from Shiny closed, and mm. he was so wonderful. Yeah. I mean, he was just so, so good, because he is, like, you know, maybe the oldest in terms of debut date. Sure. So, um, so he is, like, everyone's sunbae right. there, and he has, like, a good, like, 10 years of performance on, like, whoever. Sure. Um. So he, you know, like, it's just so evident that he is a seasoned performer. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just so glad we got to see him. Mm-hmm. And everyone else was good. Like, we we didn't see anybody that was not good. Mm-hmm. Everyone was at least good. Right. And then there were, like, great people. Yeah, um, yeah. There. And then the rookies that we saw the first day was, I think, um, a group called Limelight. It's a girl group with three girls in it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they were good um and then who was the other group anyway i'm so sorry group that we saw but mm. i don't remember now um <laughs> i want to say it might be very very was it very very the first night it might have been very very okay. they were very good very very <laughs> very very good yeah i really enjoyed their performance and we got to see them a little bit too in the um in the convention part Mm because they were in the little stage there doing like a performance and like a little q a with a moderator Mm -hmm. Um, so that was cute and also like very good and then on the second night we got to see this group xg they're um it's a girl group based in japan but oh. I think their um their members are not all Japanese, mm-hmm. and I think their songs are actually in English, mm-hmm. and so they're all like sort of like multilingual in you know various ways. Um, but they've been promoting a lot in Korea as well, mm-hmm. and they're just so talented. Yeah, I think their dance is very very good. Their performance was very good. Um. So I was very glad to see them live because they were mm-hmm. just really captivating. Just like mm. what a what a like good group, you know, just mm-hmm. lots of talent there. Um, and then this group called I and I, who is also a Japanese group, but they also are doing like promote in Korea and sing in Korean when they're in Korea, uh-huh. which I think is like such a good reversal because I feel like. Usually Korean artists, if they want to make it in Japan, they have to, like, have some Japanese songs, you know, that kind of thing. So it's nice to see that reciprocated now because it didn't used to be the case. Um, So they were were good. Mm -hmm. We saw K 
Kepler. We saw Zykers, who is also a new group, and they are very energetic and very good performers. Mm-hmm. Um, so very glad to see them. We saw Zero Base One, which is, I'm sure everyone who watched um, Boys Planet know who mm. they are. They are the product of that survival oh, okay. show. Uh-huh. And they are also rookies and they because of that show have a huge huge fan base yeah (laughs) people were wild for them and like rightfully so they were very very good as like especially as rookies i thought they were prepared yeah they looked good and they like did a good job performing and they even got to like do a little like side mc gig during the show so they would have like uh a two or three people from certain groups come out and like do intros for another group mm-hmm. and they have like sort of one big like special MC that only came out really at the beginning and then at the end and on the second day it was Mr. Rain Rain uh, a whole Rain Rain mhm now i know the K-pop community has complicated feelings about <laughs> Rain i mean Rightfully so. (laughs) You are entitled to your feelings. You are entitled. And all all I will say is I I got to see Rain. So Rain was there. But like the main draw for me was Mm A.T.'s who rocked the joint and uh, ended the show on day two with what else but Gorilla. So I was very happy to finally be among the crowds who can chant Break the Wall. Mm. break the wall and that chant nearly broke those walls it was so loud yeah um but they were just really really electric just the energy is so so good during their performance both from them and the audience Mm -hmm. and they absolutely like feed off that Mm -hmm. as well and they're just like very present and very they like you know for most of the year they are touring Mm -hmm. more than any other k-pop artists i feel like and so they're very comfortable in this kind of setting. So they know to like how to interact with the audience while oh, uh-huh. they're performing and always like making eye contact and, um, you know, making time to do that instead of just doing the choreography. They right, would right. just like, you know, use one of the songs to like go around, you know, the the stage. And even this time they were able to like go into the audience mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. and interact with them that way. So... I mean, those ladies are dead. Like, right? <laughs> These fans, I don't know how they survived, but yeah, it was it was just such a good time mm-hmm. um, with them, and they're just so engaging. Like, it was just really, really good. Um, so yeah, too bad we get didn't get to see the rest of them on day three, but that was still a lot and really, really fun. Yeah, and you know, I feel like. At least everyone around us was having a lot of fun <laughs> on day two. We sat next to these girls who were just cheering like crazy for like everyone. Yeah. And I was like, that is so nice. That is so good. And I'm glad you like like everybody. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, Multi stands are the best. I love it. Um, so that's a little bit of my KCON experience. Um, I think going back to KCON would just depend on like who's going to be there. Anyway, well, what have you been watching, been 
Well, Susie, as you pointed out, our roles really have reversed. <laughs> I have a whole list. Like I said, I have a bunch of things that I'm, you know, partly in process. I'm not even going to mention all of those. But uh, since the uh-huh. last time we recorded, the last time, I think in the last episode, I mentioned that I was watching A Piece of Your Mind. I finished that. Uh, mm-hmm. I had watched half of Anna with Bay Susie. I finished that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I ultimately liked it better than I thought I was going to end up liking it when we talked about it mm-hmm. the last time. I still didn't love mm-hmm. it, um, yeah. but I liked it better than I expected to. I think just just around the halfway point when I had stopped, it turned a corner and, you know, got got better but it you know still had some real real terrible people in it yeah um and it's still not really my preferred sort of genre of show these Mm -hmm. real dark stories um Mm -hmm. but anyway that that was anna i liked it better than i expected to and then uh after i finished that I watched a few, I've watched a few episodes of Il Dume, which I'll go back to, you know, it's from mm-hmm. like 2007, I want to say, 2007 or 2008. Mm. So it's, you know, on the older side and has a lot right. of the things. Right. I mean, there's a lot of real problematic, like, gender stuff. There's a lot of mm-hmm. real crass humor, which is not my... Mm idea of a good time so Mm -hmm. um but in despite those things i am real interested in the story and you know i mean e junkie is just always delightful so he is he is yeah i mean and he really (laughs) just seems to eat up those those historical drama things. And he's having so much more fun in this one than his character mm-hmm. had in Moon Lovers. <laughs> I mean, yes, not not hard to do. Right, right. Not a, not a long fall, but uh, he's real mis- mischievous and funny. And so, yeah, you know, there's I love a lot when he's of like a little cheeky like oh, that. He's, it's yeah. like the best. Yeah, yeah. he's real cheeky. Um, he's having a real good time. So, I mean, I'll definitely go back to it, but. At a certain point, I was like, all right, I need a break from, like, all the poop jokes and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's a lot. Uh, so then I finally jumped into a show that I was fairly certain I was going to love because I knew Susie loved it. And it was also right <laughs> in my wheelhouse, which was chocolate, which I've been ah, holding off on for a long time. Um and I, I mean, I loved it just as much as I expected to, if not more. I think maybe more because what I didn't expect of it is that it was so funny. Like, yeah. of, the, <laughs> of the shows in that sort of genre, um, you know, of the, we've talked about this before, like the May I Help You and Hotel Del Luna and... Mm move to heaven and these sort of like telling the stories mm-hmm. of the ends of people's lives genre mm-hmm. with lots of tears associated with it. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely thought it was the funniest out of, I mean, Hotel de Luna mm-hmm. definitely has some funny things too, but yeah. I, there, I was just so, the humor was so unexpected to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and I really found it delightful. And I just love all three of the leads in this show. I love so mm. much. So uh, mm-hmm. I really, really loved Chocolate, 10 out of 10. Um, mm. And then for a little change of pace, I watched the first couple episodes of Vagabond on Netflix, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is, uh, again, Bay Susie and uh, Lee Sung Gi. And it's like an action thriller, which is, you know, as you know, not really my preferred genre. Um, for some mm-hmm. reason, I find Lee Sung Gi very compelling in the action scenes, though. You know, he does yeah. so much of mm-hmm. that himself. Um, right. And yeah, I don't know why. I find I find him much more engaging to watch than most of the action scenes I come across. Also, I think the story is really compelling. Um, mm-hmm. So I watched Chocolate, which Yu Tao is in, and he's just so lovable in Chocolate. I mean, he could <sighs> oh not God. be more lovable. And I have not... Uh, I watched the first episode of Love to Hate You, but I have not gone back to watch the rest of that one yet. Mm-hmm. So all the things that I have seen him in, School Nurse Files and Dr. Brain... Um, he's real menacing. Like, he's Mm. real not lovable. Mm -hmm. And then to see him in Chocolate, where his character is just so precious and lovable, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, oh, I'm so happy for you to play this part. And then I went to Vagabond, where he plays (laughs) a terrorist. And from the beginning in this show, if you ever had any question about the fact that the screen works only one way, it doesn't go two ways and you they can't hear what you're saying to them. Literally every time he was on screen, I was like, UJO, don't be a terrorist. Stop doing terror. He didn't stop. <laughs> no, he, he kept didn't. doing it every time. He kept being a terrorist. Uh, so he's real. I mean, probably the most menacing of any of the things that I have seen him in. Mm. Uh, okay. But it's. The story is real compelling, and Susie is a spy. A like remains to be seen from what I've watched of it, like how incompetent of a spy. She's not like the most <laughs> super competent spy. We'll put it that way. Like she's not <laughs> okay. bumbling. She's not Mr. Bean, but like she's you know. Uh, and Lee Sung Gi's character is a stunt man, like a movie, a martial artist, and a movie stunt man. Um, so, you know, he's in really good shape and got the, got the moves to, you know, be able to fight off some of the people that he needs to fight off. So I'm, I am surprisingly engaged in that. It's intense, um, Mm -hmm. but I am enjoying that. Mm -hmm. And then I am about halfway through with Strangers again which is on Vicky, which is the story of two divorce attorneys who were married to each other and Mm -hmm. have been divorced. At the time the drama starts, they have been divorced for, I think, like two years. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they end up, because of reasons, working together in the same firm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really wasn't sure. So the, the... Male lead is Jung Sung Jo, who I love so much. He was so great in Chocolate that I just watched. And then the female mm-hmm. lead, and I didn't write it down, but she's the one female character, female oh, yeah, lead yeah. character in um, Mi Sang. 
Mm-hmm. And this is, I hadn't seen her in anything else. So I was like, oh, I love both these actors from mm-hmm. the other things that I've seen them in. So I really want to watch this show. And at the beginning, I was real uncertain about it because her character is, to me, not that likable. Like, she's not super terrible, but she's mm-hmm. not very self-aware. Um, and she's, you know, real selfish. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, is it just me? Like, she seems like, like borderline a little bit terrible. Uh, and then, you know, as I watched more of it, I was like, oh, it's not me. That's like part of the story. Like the fact that she's so self-centered is part of the story. So, you know, if eventually gets around to like why she, to some extent, why she is like that. Um mm-hmm. But the the main themes of the story are basically sort of the battle between traditional um, conservative Korean values and then mm-hmm. like more contemporary modern values, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which a law firm specializing in divorce law and like family mm-hmm. law seems like the perfect setting to mm-hmm. work out a lot of these conflicts because that's a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, yeah. what they're mm-hmm. what they're confronting much more so than it would be in a western setting, I think. Right. Yeah, um yeah. but you know, it it deals with a lot of like the historical treatment of women and um yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just like a lot of things that I have really enjoyed the like real talk of this show, mm-hmm. like in the yeah. real confronting of things in a way that I feel like a lot of K-dramas do not like either pretend right. that it's not a thing mm-hmm. or, um, you know, just sort of like skirt around Gloss over it. Yeah, right, right. You know, I mean, but I've I've watched a lot of dramas and sort of wondered like. You know, like in in something like in One Spring Night, like, does Mm. everyone feel that way about single parents? Like, I'm completely willing to accept that within some families, that would be such a big deal. But like in the in the U.S., at least, and I feel like throughout most of the West, like it would not be the deal that it is in that story. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, in this and that, you know, it's not really the job of One Spring Night to explore that question on a societal level. Right. Uh, but this show, I feel like, is sort of shining a spotlight on some of those things that they don't mm-hmm. really dig into right. in some of the other shows. And mm-hmm. the sort of secondary storylines, with they're not even really second leads. I mean, they're sort of elevated support characters that are the stereotypes of the two ends of the spectrum. Like the guy is super traditional conservative Mm -hmm. values Mm -hmm. and the woman is like super feminist to the point where like probably my least favorite thing that's happened in the show. This is a little bit of a spoiler, but not really is uh, to help her friend. She like, slips something in Jang Sung Jo's coffee to like sabotage his work, which I'm like, that is not okay. No. Like <laughs> no. s- slipping stuff in people's food is n- super Excuse not me. okay. Yeah. So oh, she's like gosh. a little bit of a man hater, which I'm not crazy about, you know, I mean, I like the idea of 
there being a feminist character, someone who's pro women's rights in a show, but not like a crazy person. Uh, so I just really don't care about, you know, and of course, like these two people who hate each other have the hots for each other. So there's like conflict around that. Mm. I do not mm-hmm. care about that storyline at all. Like I am completely checked out when any of the things having to do with them are going on, basically. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, I'm halfway through and I'm finding it really compelling after my mm-hmm. sort of initial misgivings. And mm-hmm. I say it like that because it ha- I I want to say it has like a 7.2, maybe it's 7.8. It's less than eight on mm-hmm. Vicky, which mm-hmm. I feel like is shocking because no one ever rates things low on Vicky. You know, I mean, mostly <laughs> right? the things on Vicky yeah. all have like 9.5. Um, <laughs> and so when I saw that this one was so relatively low and I haven't looked to see what it's rated on anything else because I don't really care, but uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's right there on Vicky. And I was like, what did people not like about this? And I don't know if they're reacting to the fact that it's so different from mm-hmm. a lot of, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, it has these two lead characters who are divorced from each other. And divorce is very prominent in this show, obviously. So anyway, yeah. I will for sure be finishing it. I mean, I'm really enjoying mm-hmm. it, but I'll be, I'll be yeah. interested to see if like something happens later on that I'll be like, oh, that's why it has such a low, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> it really jumps the shark <laughs> later on. Um, yeah. But so far, I think it's great. Yeah. I'll be interested to know how you feel by the end, because I was interested in seeing it when it was airing. I was like, oh, this looks really good like from like the promos and stuff yeah and then as it went on like people were like oh this is actually like getting better like they Mm. liked what was happening in the Mm -hmm. show um especially between the like the two leads um so yeah i will be interested to know where you land in the end for that yeah it's real Um, i mean it has some tone problems i think because this uh sort of like quote unquote second storyline is Mm for the most part, pretty broad and, like, kind of silly at times. And, like, the other stuff that the show is dealing with is very not silly. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's not, like, necessarily melodramatic in tone, but it's, like, like I said, real talk about real important issues in people's lives. So it's a little bit, like, some of this stuff to me with the, you know, this secondary Mm -hmm. storyline, I'm like, this feels kind of out of place, but... Mm-hmm. Anywho's, that's <laughs> did I say everything? Oh, and then I didn't say the other thing that I just rewatched in preparation mm. for today was mm-hmm. Strongest Delivery Man, which I'll talk mm-hmm. more about in a few minutes. Because mm-hmm. first, we're gonna talk about another show with our <laughs> Oni of the Day, Chase Ubin. Chase Ubin! We will begin with Love in the Moonlight, circa 2016. And we talked about this at length in um, our Park Bogum episode. If you've not listened to it, go back and listen to that one. It's a good episode. All our episodes are good, so what are we talking about? (laughs) Like, what? I mean, what are we going to say? Like, please. That episode stinks. (laughs) Don't listen to that. Um, and this 
Uh, drama is one for our podcast history books because it、mm. is where your Annie Lynn met one of her favoritest opas. It's true, Park Dong Yook. I feel、and、like was... I haven't talked about him in a long time. <laughs> you haven't. You haven't. I、the、mean, the first few episodes he got mentioned every single time. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of been like not、uh, in anything after、uh, what is it called the Gauss Electronics. Like I feel、right. like we haven't seen him really in anything new so far. Right.、Um, he right. might be in something, but we haven't like we haven't seen him. Yeah.、Um, anyway, so it's an important drama for our podcast family. That's true. <laughs> So, if you don't know what Love in the Moonlight is, it is a historical set in, you know, one of the kings of Joseon period, and it is a real king. You know, this is a real historical time、um, and setting, and、um, we also said this in the Park Bogum episode that it's a real like sort of YA historical. Yeah. So it's a real like useful story about like young young people and their roles in sort of this, you know,、um, in this palace, I guess.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the struggles, you know, between like the you have still have the old shenanigans, of course. They still、mm-hmm. pull the strings, but it's like I think it focuses more on so, sort of what the impact is with the young people who. Right,、um, you know, are going to be the next generation. Like you know, Parpagum is the crown prince, you know, and he is friends with these two other boys since they were little. But then, because of politics, you know, was sort of forced to not be friends anymore with one of them, which you know, I think everyone is sad about. But <laughs> you know, my comment at the time was, I just want all the boys to be friends again. <laughs> Which I think is what they want within the drama too. It's just、yeah. not really feasible,、yeah. right? Right. So you know, you have your、um, regular minister who is trying to like gain power by putting like his daughter as like the queen or at least、right. a consort. Right. I think she's the queen now. I can't remember. I can't remember. It was so long I can't ago. Remember either. Yeah, I've just been reading、um, recaps to refresh my memory for this one, so I didn't really、yeah. like go into too much detail about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, but anyway, it's that kind of like power structure. So of course, Park Wogum is the son of you know a previous wife who since has died,、mm-hmm. um, and so the like other wives are trying to be like my wanting their child to like succeed the king and like、right. so. In doing so, they have to like harm the crown prince, of course. So this there is like all that kind of like machinations happening, and then in all that,、um, there is、um, Kim Yoo Jung as Hong Ra On, and she is what else but a woman disguised as a man?、Mm-hmm. Like what other thing do women do in historicals?、Right. So she、uh, has a unique. A unique trajectory, though, that she had to pretend to be a eunuch, and like you know that whole business about how that comes about is a lot of nonsense. But、mm. um, <laughs> yes, so it, it 
so it's like a lot of her and purple gum like getting to know each other but also like falling in love and you know talking about their own sort of histories and struggles and you know that is not not connected mm. they just mm-hmm. don't know about that right you know right and in in betwixt all of that comes Che Zubin's character who is Jo Hyun and I mean she's a real like I mean, I feel like to call her the second lead was like kind of generous. Oh, because she's really super like, generous. Super she's generous. Almost really. a guest person. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's like not in it a lot. Yeah. And like from like day one, her trajectory is like nowhere, right? Because you know, right. this is not right. that kind of show. Yeah. Um, and she's not like a terrible person either. So she's not going to be shenanigating, trying to like right. do whatever. Right. Even though she does a little scheming because she's like a child. <laughs> you know, right. She's, she's yeah. a boy crazy child. So, yeah. so she doesn't even come in until episode five. We don't meet mm-hmm. her until episode five where she bumps into the crown prince at like a night festival. And of course doesn't know he's the crown prince, but like gets a little like smitten by him and then she is sort of like a friend or companion to one of the princesses who is the sister of Park Wagam. Um and that in that way she like comes to the palace every so often to like right. just you know hang out with her you know borrow books that kind of thing or help her in a very like dubious uh- weight loss journey oh gosh that yeah (laughs) yeah so there is real problematic that that whole that is her the princess's whole storyline is real problematic yeah it's problematic even though it ends cutely and correctly but mm. yeah but but it was mm, uncomfortable and uh so she of course bumps into him again in the palace and like finds out that he's the crown prince but now she's like full-on like have a crush on him and falling in love with him and all this stuff. And she's trying to do stuff like orchestrate bump ins now, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. how to like on purpose bump into him sort of stuff. And Ron, you know, who is like with him all the time, um, eventually like, gives her like some advice, not knowing that she has a crush on the prince going like stuff like, you really should just be yourself. (laughs) Like, Mm. you know, just be honest about like how you feel and, you know, don't, don't play games about, right. Right. You know, meeting him and all that stuff, which she eventually does, you know, do. But originally she was supposed to be, um, so her family had, uh, betrothed her to one of the other boys who is, um, uh, Kim Yoon Sung, which is played by Jung Jin Young, um, but they uh, they were both like, no, thank you, <laughs> right? <laughs> because at the time Yoon Sung was already like a little bit into Raon because he's the only one that knew that she's a girl, right? Um, at the time, and you know, of course, Hyun was like, I'm in love with the prince. No, thanks. Right. So. <laughs> So that didn't happen. There's like a funny scene where they had to meet up and were both like really rejecting it. (laughs) It was was the opposite of what any of the elders wanted them to do. Um, And then, of course, you know, there's going to be a crown prince that is single. One must marry. So (laughs) 
there is, you know, that selection of the crown princess that happens in so many of the mm-hmm. historicals. And um, Hyun gets chosen to be in it. And then she got chosen to be the crown princess, actually. Um, so she, you know, made her way, you know, thinking that, oh, maybe like with time he will, you know, like me or fall in love with me, you know, because like we are who we are. Like you can't, it's not a situation where either of them really have control of the situation. Right. Because it's determined by politics and elders and the king and whatnot. Right. So, um, but yeah, you know, she just like not, does not have much to do here. Yeah. Um, ultimately this is her only role is to be sort of like the other woman but she's right. not really the other woman because like right. nothing really happens and right um but she gets a nice ending as well um because actually when you get chosen to be in this like crown princess uh selection mm. apparently you can't then, like, you can't get married oh, afterwards. Right. Like, there's, like, it's a real sacrifice to want to be, like, in this process. And then, of course, she's chosen to be crown princess. So, mm-hmm. like, to cancel that would be also right. not good for her. Right, right. But she was then, like, freed from that particular thing because the king just, like, canceled. Just, like, mm. wiped off the whole crown princess selection process Mm -hmm. and like it never happened none of you are obligated to like not marry so you can do whatever you want kind of thing so that's that's nice for her yeah but again like she was fine of course she's fine i thought she's cute but ultimately her character was a nothing burger and (laughs) right i mean really contributes nothing to the story like Like this this show would have been virtually identical had she not like had that whole business with her not been in it there were plenty of other conflicts going on it right unnecessary i mean i like her but no yeah so this is like just you know she didn't have much to do it was sort of i think um early in her career anyway Mm. um so you know to be a you know quote-unquote second lead with like all these young people. It's just like a nice story with young people. And it's, you know, this is the kind of story that I like because it's just like a lot of cuteness happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stakes are not very high. You don't feel like it's very high. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very idealistic in terms of, you know, you have um, Parpagum's prince is somebody with like um, progressive ideas and like he's trying to like implement them and, you know, the story just like gives a lot of leeway for that. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, probably not realistic at all right. <laughs> considering right. the time period. So, um, so anyway, it's, you know, if you don't come at it like with too much serious intent, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a light, you know, it's the light watch. I feel like everyone's good in it. It's like a good story. Um, there is, unnecessary character death in my opinion Mm, yes um but other than that i just you know all the boys are cute they're cute together they're fun together you know Mm. you know unfortunately kim yu jung's character also mm, did not shine 
Because, mm. like, after a while, it's like this pattern where, like, she starts out so good and has a lot of agency and a lot of spunkiness. And she goes, guess, goes into these situations where she's, like, in the palace and she cannot really continue to be that way. And then it just kind of, like, blah, 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 peters out. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, like, unfortunate for her um, in this case. But still, so many, like, swoony cute moments. Um, I really enjoyed that part. And, yeah, that is Love in the Moonlight. <laughs> I mean, when you called it, when you first called it YA, I thought that was the perfect thing. Because this mm. is very, like, Sweet Valley High Joe yeah. you know, I mean, really. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, totally. Um, you know, none of it is realistic. Like, it's mm-hmm. all... It's all a little silly and, uh, you know, it's fine. I thought the next drama that we're going to talk about was much more than fine. (laughs) And that is Strongest Delivery Man from 2017. I'm not sure if this was her first lead lead role, but she's definitely the lead. I mean, she's in Strongest Delivery Man so much more what a difference a year makes than she's barely Mm -hmm. in love in the moonlight Mm -hmm. so strongest delivery man we have talked about before but not for almost a year in our very first episode about kim san ho Mm -hmm. um so i don't even remember really what we said about oh i think you hadn't watched it yet at that point right yeah i had watched it at that point Mm -hmm. um so here's a little rundown of Strongest Delivery Man. Go Kyung Pyo is the male lead. He plays Che Kang Su, who is a food delivery person, and he's made it his life's work to be traveling around Seoul. He has this great big map of Seoul, um, mm-hmm. and he goes to a neighborhood, to like one district, for two months where he's on a mission we don't find out exactly what that is but he goes there for two months to try and fulfill his mission in that neighborhood and then when he's done he crosses it off on the map he blacks it all in with his big black pen and then he moves on to another neighborhood and another delivery job and you know that's that is his lot in life that's what he's chosen um but he is an almost unbelievably like kind and generous person so he is collecting friends many of whom feel indebted to him for the kindness he has shown them and the things he has done for them Mm -hmm. um everywhere he goes so already at the start of this drama when he's like coming into this new neighborhood to get a new job uh he already has this support system of like hundreds of friends that he's collected along the way on his journey (laughs) since he's been been doing this two months at a time gig um so when at the beginning of the drama he comes to work at a chinese restaurant called pao pao noodles and the delivery person who is already working at pao pao is None other than Lee Don Ah, played by Chase Ben, mm-hmm. um, who you know is not excited about welcoming her new Hubei. She's real <laughs> suspicious of him. And then the, the second leads in this show 
are Kim Sun Ho, who we talked about in the previous episode, and then mm-hmm. Go Won Hee is oh Kim Sun Ho's character is the second son, ne'er do well, black sheep of this Chaebol family, and then Go Won Hee is also a Chaebol daughter, and she is just so naive, and it's the kind of character <laughs> that ordinarily really annoys me, right. And for some reason, that even rewatching it this week, I was like, why does she not annoy me more? I just love yeah. her. I just find her so winning. Yeah. Um, which I can't really explain. Other than, I mean, maybe it's just that she's so legitimately naive. Like, Yeah. Like, <laughs> she she really doesn't know how to do certain things because she's never experienced them. Right. And she, like does this rebellion thing um, <laughs> and strikes out on her own without really knowing she has a little plan. Like she's, she thinks she's going to make it and do it, but right. she doesn't really know like what she's doing. Right. But it's kind of like more endearing because she mm. is trying. Like she's right, right. not like putting up a front of like rebelling and like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm just waiting for my mom to call me so I can come home. No, right. she's really like, I want to, strike out on my own and right. she eventually like really learns how to mm. do the thing and like yeah. you know like small things like she she knows how to budget like she's mm. calculated things like i can only spend this much money on lunch so right. that's all i'm gonna do you right. know and she's not complaining necessarily mm. she's a little like shocked about some things but she's then like okay fine if everyone else is living this way i can do it too you right. know, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So I feel like the spirit of this character, like her character, is very, is very good. You know, mm. and a lot of times this kind of character is like putting up front or right, not really, you know, like spoiled, spoiled to the point right. of like helplessness. Right, but she is not helpless like she she can do a thing she just doesn't know how to do it or doesn't know a thing exists like getting on the bus or whatever (laughs) right she's never been exposed like she's literally never been exposed to so many things that she now Mm -hmm. has to confront when she's not you know under her parents roof anymore Mm -hmm. um i think that's such a good point though i mean and she doesn't look down on anyone like she's you know willing to admit that she doesn't know stuff and willing to ask for help and does not look down on anyone uh unlike her terrible mother who is actually the villain of the piece Mm -hmm. who's like whole thing is like certain people count and most everybody else doesn't Mm -hmm. um anyway all four of them, I just love them so much in this show. Oh, I also wanted to admi- uh, to mention all the delightful friends in this show. I mean, there are so many secondary characters with all the food delivery mm-hmm. pers- people. Yeah. Um, but this was the first drama. And I looked it up on my spreadsheet. This was only like the 10th drama that I watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was interesting to go back and rewatch it this past week. But it was the first time I had met Joey Bong. He's the owner of uh, Papa Noodles and the chef. Kim Ki Do is the first time I had met him. He's also <laughs> one of the delivery people. I usually mm-hmm. refer to him as Mr. 
Lee Minji because he keeps being married <laughs> to her and things for some reason. Uh, but he's so delightful. And I now have seen both of those actors in, I mean, I think I've seen Joe Hebong probably literally in a dozen things at this point. He's so, mm -hmm. both of them are so prolific. Right. Um, Kim Kyung Nam is, uh, is in it as one of, Kang Su's friends. We loved him in The King Eternal Monarch. He was also in, which I watched recently, Where Stars Land, which I did not love. Uh, but I still, <laughs> you know, I still love him. And then Ye Su Jung is the first time I met her. She's the Oxbone mm -hmm. Stew Harmony, which the next thing I saw her in after this was where she's the real terrible J-Wall mother <laughs> in Search WWW. It was yes. such whiplash. I was like, Woo! honey, what happened? Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, this is the first time that I met. It wasn't the first time I had met Kim Kyung, Kim Kyung Nam, but the, the other ones, it was the first time I had met them. So I just love them so much. So Donna's background, her whole deal is she was a good student ready to go to college. And then because of financial reasons with her family, she had to abandon her dream of going to college and make money, you know, familiar mm -hmm. thing in K-dramas because her family was in all this debt. So she mm -hmm. had to go make a living instead of pursuing her dream of college. And she's just fed up with South Korea and the corruption and the whole system where, you know, people who don't have money can't ever get ahead. Um, mm -hmm. Again, very familiar for watchers of K-dramas. Um, but she's the, the first character that I remember seeing where, you know, she really sees it this way and says, I'm getting out of here. Like this mm. system is broken and there's nothing I as a person without resources can do about it. So mm -hmm. all I can do is save up a bunch of money and emigrate. Um, and I don't, they don't ever say specifically, but she's learning English specifically to emigrate. Mm. I mean, I think the implication is that she's moving to the US, but they don't ever say that. You know, so she works so hard delivering food for Paul Paul, and then she gets up at the crack of dawn every morning to clean this language academy where she gets her English lessons for free. So she just works nonstop, and she does not suffer fools gladly. She's got her plan, and she's got her countdown on her phone that's counting down the days until she has enough money to get the heck out of Korea. Mm -hmm. And... This was something when I rewatched it this week that I realized because it was such an early drama for me to watch because I'd watched so relatively few dramas at that point, I did not appreciate at the time what an unusual female lead she is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I knew she wasn't really like most of the female leads I had encountered. I mean, the only one that she sort of reminds me of is, um, I can't think of the character's name, but in Itaewon class, like oh, she yeah. has, has some things in common with, which was really like the third or fourth drama that I watched. That was a very, very early drama. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Don Ah is super feisty. She is super physically strong Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she is not afraid to stand up for herself and she doesn't do this thing. Like if somebody 
touches her and she doesn't want it. She doesn't do this like, I'm going to make a cringy face and like look off to the side thing that drives me so bananas and happens all the time in (laughs) K-dramas. But she'll like take your hand off of her. She Uh will make sure that you untouch her if you touched her. (laughs) Yeah. And she, yeah, she does not tolerate, you know, nonsense. And she stands up for herself and people are afraid of her and she does not care if you are afraid of her. She is just, just fine. And I loved her. Um, I still love her. She's, you know, she is her own person and she tells the truth. You know, the downside of that is she has a lot of big walls up because of the whole situation with her family, who she really can't trust. And because she has this really specific goal that she's working towards and she really doesn't have interest in friendships with other people, much Uh less time for other people. She has her one roommate who she's childhood friends with, Uh Um, you know, she lives with in Seoul. But other than that, like her life is make this money and get the heck out of South Korea. And Uh that is her trajectory until Kang Su enters her life and gives her a whole new perspective on maybe goodness is possible in people. And maybe it is possible mm-hmm. for underdogs to, to triumph. Mm-hmm. So I, it, I enjoyed rewatching this drama so much. It just reminded me of how much I love about this drama. I love all four of the leads so much. I find them so enjoyable to watch. I love the relationship between Don Ah and Kang Su and how that develops, you know, over time and how he wins her over um, with his just sort of relentless optimism and goodness. And she finally puts trust in him. I would have given this drama a 10 because I love it that much, but I think it goes on too long. Like, the mm-hmm. I think there is at least one, if not two, too many iterations of the like terrible conglomerate does a mm-hmm. real, you know, tries to sabotage the good guys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like one too many lazy Susans of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, this drama was from 2017 and I feel like. You know, five years ago, six years ago, 12 episode dramas were not as common as they are becoming now. I feel like today this would probably be, this would hopefully be a 12 episode drama. Like, I feel like if they had tightened that up, if they had eliminated like one of those iterations, it just takes, the third act takes too long to get to the end, in my opinion, Uh because you're just like, we've already done basically the same thing and there's Mm -hmm. good stuff going on but nothing that couldn't have been condensed i don't think um Mm -hmm. i mean i really enjoy the arcs of all the characters i think all of the main characters show real growth and uh you know despite the fact that kim san ho's character starts out pretty terrible and does some pretty terrible things You know, I find his character's arc very realistic. I mean, for one thing, because it's not a straight line, um, which in real life, people who grow 
don't grow in straight lines, typically, you know, they'll go Mm -hmm. one way and then have some setbacks and maybe go back the other way. And, um, you know, and his character goes through some stuff, but I just find him so delightful and hilarious. I forgot how how much he makes me (laughs) laugh in this show, because he just has a, a lot of just like sort of one-liners or just his responses to things that just I think he's such a gifted actor and uh I just really really love what he does in this show um Mm -hmm. and another one of the things that I really love is that despite the fact that like there are some serious things going on within the show but the tone is consistently optimistic Mm -hmm. um and it's Mm -hmm. really supported by a real peppy OST, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's all the, like, I feel like if this show had a tagline, it would be whiting. Like that <laughs> is the, you know, that is the yeah. spirit of this show distilled into a single word. Um, you know, and I think the soundtrack really supports that and it never gets too, you know, it never gets too bogged down in the seriousness of it. And also, For the most part, and again, I think that this is, you know, not as true later on, um, but it moves on from things very quickly. Like you don't, Mm. you know, you don't dwell in the circumstances for a long time because more things are happening in the story. So I just really, really love this drama. Highly recommend it. Like I said, it's certainly not perfect. And there are other like minor criticisms I could make of it, but... I just enjoyed rewatching it so much and I wish it were a little tighter at the end, but ultimately I just enjoy it and I will definitely be rewatching it again in the future. That's, that is how much I like Strongest Delivery Man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I also really liked the show. I really loved how, you know, this theme of the good guy wins like it's like a good quality to be a nice person Mm, mm -hmm. Um, and he is able to be an effective leader while being a nice person like you don't have to be a big jerk in order you know a tough person whatever that means to be a leader um i really enjoyed that about it and i remember texting you early days watching him like Kim Sonho is so <laughs> terrible. I want to quit this drama. <laughs> like, what? It's so bad. What is happening? Uh, but he does go on a journey. Um, man, was he terrible. <laughs> he does some terrible things. But also, I mean, he I think, again, things. he's so good that you see from the very outset, too, like what is informing his terrible behavior. You sure, know? sure. And... Yeah. And that he's he's terrible, but he's not malicious, if that makes sense. Like, he's not trying right. to be terrible. He's just, right. you know, I mean, kind of like um, Go On He's character has been so sheltered that he really doesn't know. He really does look down on people, though. That's the difference oh, between yeah, the two he, characters. <laughs> it was like he's. To a certain extent, like, that kind of snobby rich person, but also, like, 
like you said, his arc is not straight. And I thought it was, it was very realistic of somebody like him when confronted with this like tough decision, right? Mm, mm-hmm. When he it's like, do the right thing or like not have a terrible thing happen to you yourself. Right. What would right. you choose? Right. Of course right. you would choose to save yourself. Sure. Which I thought that was realistic. It was terrible. But it was realistic for him, for somebody like him to do that because he doesn't really know any other way. Mm -hmm. Um, He's never been taught to, like, make the hard choice. Right. And sacrifice yourself because everyone around him is, like, doing things to save themselves or to better themselves. Like, it's, like, all, like, very selfishly done. So yeah. he's surrounded by that. Um, right. Right. He has boy, zero <laughs> role models <laughs> yeah. until he meets um, Go Kang Po's character, until he meets yeah. Kung Su, right. of anybody who's anything but totally selfish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 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 really tough <laughs> in the yeah. beginning to, like, empathize with him. But he, he comes around, and one of my favorite things about that show is his just relationship with on he it's just i just thought they were so fun together right yeah you know in every at every step of their relationship they yeah. were just like such good chemistry mm-hmm. you know they like hated each other together they liked each other together you know mm-hmm. it was just a very good like journey for them too mm-hmm. i thought it was like they learned from each other in right. a lot of ways right um so there's and you know there's a lot were... of learning yeah, right. And they were able to teach each other things in ways that the other characters couldn't because they did have this background in common. You know, they right, understood right. things about each other that none mm-hmm. of the other characters could have understood mm-hmm. about them. And I right. really love that. Yeah, it's just uh, such a like, rah, rah, go, let's, you know, down with the bad guy kind of show. It's very satisfying. I really love when like, all the underdogs come together and mm-hmm. do the thing. And yeah, it's it's just like so nice to have a show full of like positivity that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's really like in a landscape of like shows that like talk about a lot of terrible things only. Right. And I also highly recommend it. It's a fun watch. It's a good watch. Yeah. And I mean, this was the show that really sold. Well, it was the first thing that I had seen Chase Subin in. Mm -hmm. um, And it is still by far my favorite role of hers. I mean, everything Mm -hmm. else that I've seen her in is so, so different from Donna. I mean, none of the things I've seen are anything like this really, you know, kick butt, Mm -hmm. give no Fs. (laughs) character that she plays yeah it's kind of like an interesting point that I wanted to make also in this next show Mm. um, which is I'm not a robot the show I finished watching (laughs) an hour and a half ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's how long we've been recording (laughs) Um, and this is circa 2017 as well Mm-hmm. Um, and she plays Joji Ah or Aji Three. So mm-hmm. you know from the title, you kind of know 
what uh, what is in store for you? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm like, is she? that sounds like something a robot would say? I am not a robot. <laughs> so, is she a robot? Question mark. Yeah, I I want to say it must be based on a manhwa or a right. webtoon. Right. Um, I I can't at this moment directly find information about that, but um. And I can see that how, like, if I was reading uh, Manhua about mm-hmm. this, it would have been, like, for me, completely, like, I would be in the headspace and it would be fine. Like, yeah. this is, you know, stories like that are hard to translate to screen, I find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I will preface with, I thought they did a good job, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, I texted Lynn and was like, ah, this is going to probably land on like just fine for me. You know, mm-hmm. not going to be a favorite. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a favorite, but it's a little bit more than fine, I would say now. Yeah. Um, because it's doing some things that you want dramas to do all the time, which is the right thing. <laughs> do mm-hmm. the right thing, dramas. Right, right. So here's, so let me just like uh, give you a little summary. So this is a story about a man, a very rich man, mm-hmm. who has an allergy to humans. So he cannot touch another human um, or else he'll, like, get into, like, like it's de- life and death. You know, it's, okay. like, immediately, like, a terrible reaction. And he has to, like, get his, you know, epinephrine fin and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's had this allergy for, like, 15 years since he was... I guess he's, uh, they're both 29 now, so okay. since he was like 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And it has something to do with um, the death of his parents and like some things happened during that time. Like people are trying to, um, you know, take away uh, his like money and shares and, you know, oh, okay. with like making him sign some things without telling him like what it is, you know, that sort of thing. And he finds out mm-hmm. and he like feels betrayed by like his best friend who of course didn't know anything because he was also a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it just sort of like started during that time. So it's like sort of a psychological product of also what okay. was happening to him at the time. So anyway, so he's of course lived his life like super isolated. He only has like, one person that's sort of helping him in his house doing other things but um so naturally he's real terrible because he has no he doesn't know how to deal with people right um and then there is chase subin's character joji ah who is she's like a very similar character to dana so she's oh yeah um, she's a, uh, she's an entrepreneur, you know, mm-hmm. so she's like, um, she's an idea person. So she has like all these ideas for different products that are very niche, you know, it's, it's not something that maybe a lot of people want to have, but some people would like to have them. Mm-hmm. And she just sees situations in people, like somebody will come by and, um, like she saw this man who in like 
the big wind, you know, his hair keeps on like, it's a very sparse hair that, and it keeps on like flapping mm. about. Mm. And people are like laughing at him as, you know, he passes by kind of thing. And she sees that and she like finds an idea to like help this kind of situation. So mm-hmm. it's like very niche to, you know, undoubtedly there are other people that has this problem but it's not going to be like the majority of the population sure and so that's sort of the criticism of people who have seen her stuff was like but it can't be marketed broadly like right this is not going to be like profitable you know that kind Mm. of thing but she's like but there are going to be people who want to have it you know right so she has had like many many ideas that you know, fail to go anywhere, but mm. she, you know, she still has some of these products. And so she has her latest invention is this heart ball. So there's two lamps. Okay. So if you, and they're like connected, this is like quantum physics kind of stuff, but oh. like, so if there's two of them, they're a pair. So if you give it to a loved one, you know, if you touch it, it'll like turn on and okay. then the other one will turn on. So they know that they're thinking about you at that time, which is very cute. And, you know, also like kind of (laughs) niche. Not everyone will like want to have this. So anyway, so she is because this is like not a profitable thing she's doing. She hustles in other ways. So Mm. she is working the jobs, you know, Um, one of the things she is like. A specialist buyer so oh. you can ask her hey there is this like limited edition thing mm. i really wanted can you be a proxy buyer for me gotcha. and so she will like uh-huh. the camping out in the line you know yeah. mm-hmm. making sure she can like get there early and like get a copy of whatever and that's how she first meets our male lead because oh. he wanted this particular like action figure gotcha and she is procuring it for him, but right. like she did not realize when she was like exiting the store, somebody's like packet of ketchup <laughs> grazed the box, mm-hmm. so it's right. now dirty. Oh. And she did not know that, and then she she like delivered it, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Excuse me, it is now less valuable right. than it was." And you need to take your responsibility. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And like, so they have a little tiff. And Mm -hmm. then he's with his human allergy, you know, could not like try to get away from her or whatever. Like, and she was like, Mm. what are you doing? Why are you giving back to me? Or, you know, they had a little tussle. Right, right. So they had like not a good meet cute. (laughs) This is their meet cute. Yeah. So he has a company that, um, he runs with his former best friend. So he is like the main CEO and the other guy is like the financial CEO. Something okay. CFO, I guess you would call right. it. Mm-hmm. They just work in tandem in some way. They just have an arrangement of who does what kind of thing. Because he, of course, cannot go into the office all the time. And they were trying to sell off this one part of a company so they Mm -hmm. do like acquisitions merger and acquisitions i guess um so they buy off companies and like pull it apart and sell them right 
Right. So there's this one subsidiary that they were going to sell, and he finds out that they are a, like, AI engineering group um, that made a robot. Okay. And as part of, like, the business part, because he was like, why are they selling off this part? And why Mm -hmm. is... Why is this a secret? Like, I didn't know that this part was making a robot. Like, they were supposed to be some kind of, like, making ships or something like that. And aptly, the group is called the Santa Maria group. (laughs) Oh. Anyway, so he gets entangled with this group of robotics people. And -hmm. it turns out the lead engineer is Chase Ubin's ex-boyfriend. And so the robot... Looks like Chase Ubin. Creepy. Creepy. Um, <laughs> so here how she gets entangled in it, there's a little malfunction happened in the robot. I mean, he claimed ownership of the of the of everything because he's like, Well, I actually own you. I own the right. subsidiary. So right. I would like to check out this robot. Like I wanna know right. like how does it function? Can I train it? All this stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's like, please bring bring it over. Okay. And but then they had a little mishap. A a, a little dot of moisture entered <laughs> the robot and they like something happened. Malfunctioning. So they're like, oh no. <laughs> what do we do? The part is not gonna come until like Two days from now, and they're like, "Sure." So you know where this is going. <laughs> wow. So he like pleaded and asked and was like, "Listen, there's a lot of money in it. You have to have to do it for like one day. Can you just pretend, and we can still link you with with the robot? So you know any information you need, she can like feed to you through like some gotcha. contact lenses or something, right?" And um, she will have, like, equipped with some kind of, like, metal thing on her, like, a corset. So she would, like, okay. not feel like a human there. Um, right. So she pretends to be this robot for a little bit. <laughs> wow. And then it gets extended because of what's, you know, shenanigans. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Like, the thing that this story is trying to do is questioning like human connection right Mm. can that be substituted by Mm -hmm. not human connection like can you truly live alone Mm. and i don't know i just feel like they do a good job in like showing you how Mm -hmm. like through this because she is human she is not robot and of course they like form a bond um mm-hmm. eventually though he does not know that she's human and the thing is right. like from day one like he was not affected by her even though she's human right. which means it's all like in his head in a way because he right, right. thought she is a robot right it's like a psychosomatic allergy you're saying yeah so they skirted around the robot thing by like because she knows his face he doesn't know her face because she was wearing, mm. like, a motorcycle helmet at the time when they, like, interacted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they opened, you know, the box and she's in there and she sees him, she, like, goes, Oh, right! 
unrobotic (laughs) right so they claim there is a like friend mode so if you go into friend mode the robot is like gonna be like more casual with you instead of like being very formal with you right Mm -hmm. it's very funny so eventually really it just like goes on with like him trying to figure out this kind of like business thing right like Mm -hmm. what is happening why with this um robot group and then who event who knows about it and like why do they want to sell it um and so there are factions in the company that are still trying like the same people which is the father of her his friend Mm. Mm -hmm. um trying to like take over the company from him Mm -hmm. um kind of thing and there's just like like pieces of this show are like very good so one of the pieces is there are three friends there's three childhood friends so it's him and his friend that um he's running the company with and a girl who was going to like get married to him Mm -hmm. but then you know at the beginning you're like oh she's gonna be like the typical second female lead kind of thing Mm -hmm. and she she's not (laughs) yeah she's not she's she's very much like you know kang hana in um familiar wife where she knows Mm -hmm. what she wants you know Mm -hmm. at first she's like well this is what my dad wants, but let's see if I want it too. And mm-hmm. so they try to date. Mm-hmm. And she like comes to the conclusion like, well, no, this is not what I want. So let's not do it because he does not want it either. But he thought he did before because she's like his first love and other stuff. But all that was like also sort of built over a lie. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's that, and I think the really unfortunate thing is to me that their beginning of their relationship of um, the two leads were based on a lie, right? However, um, they do correct that. So in the middle, so this is like kind of an unsustainable situation, right? And it would not, it would be super annoying if they like drag this to the end. Oh my but, gosh, can you imagine? Oh my gosh. Unwatchable. Yeah. But they didn't. So they like yeah. know like they knew when to like pivot to like mm-hmm. stop this sort of like untenable situation before mm-hmm. it becomes like too much. And um they stop that portion and then they begin a different sort of getting to know you situation. Mm-hmm. with the two and i don't know i i thought they were successful in like sort of turning it around mm-hmm. um i feel like if you are somebody who is just not down with basically like just lying to a person <laughs> about right they like this is not for you but yeah and it gets actually very like increasingly a little bit more complicated because there's components and people involved in this situation of like getting the robot to him mm-hmm. that you didn't know before, but then it turns out to be parts of like different plans of people. Um, yeah. I don't want to really spoil it too much, 
Yeah. But a lot of people are involved in that whole thing. Um, and then because it's become so complicated, it was hard to get out of it, right? Like when mm, people sure. were like, we need to tell him because this is gone. Like now we are like liking each other. <laughs> like there are mm-hmm. feelings and emotions involved and we cannot lie to him like indefinitely. Um, mm-hmm. But there are complicated things, including like him relapsing because there's, you know, with her, his illness was manageable, you know, mm-hmm. and eventually got a little better. But then they thought like if they, and there were evidence from like other people with this rare disease that if, if you, if something like shocking happens, you know, mm-hmm. they can like, I mean, die. <laughs> From the like flare up, like it, right, it's it'll be so shocking that they just like flared up immediately, and then like sure. if you you know they would die, right. So there is like that part too, um, but yeah, I I do like it. <laughs> I did yeah. like it. I thought it eventually became something that's very heartwarming, mm-hmm. um, and we we see like the the robot also gets some time to like mm-hmm. have a story um and he, uh they interacted with some humans outside of that group mm-hmm. and you know it made me also think about the question of like how humans perceive each other you know cuz mm-hmm. like when you see somebody who is like in a certain state like uh, the robot interacted with someone who was basically a drunken homeless, you know, mm. he's like disheveled, his fingernails are dirty, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have that like leathery weathered kind of appearance and yeah. he's real like rude about stuff, but she's just like, you're a human and I'm a human, so why wouldn't I want to sit here with you? Mm. And he was just like, okay. <laughs> You know, but that like another human, a lot of times you first see that and like, what do you do? You avoid it because you don't want to be in the proximity of somebody who's like clearly messy at the time. Right. Um, And maybe you just like don't have time to like get into it with this person or they just like, Mm. you know, they're going to be like, don't sit here. And then what are you going to do? Like, you don't sit there. Right. Um, so I just thought that was like an interesting sort of like spark of an idea that they, Mm. um, explored a little bit towards the end, Mm -hmm. um, about like, yeah, if you have a robot, they're like not going to care about a lot of things and eventually can like approach somebody more like naturally and purely. Um, Mm. but like humans can be like so terrible to each other, um, not really out of, maliciousness but just like conditioned right to be like right. this is what's good this is what's not good you know you're probably going to label him like somebody who did something something to be in this situation instead mm. of like really like talking to them about like why are you in this state how did you right. get here it could be very different from what you think but it was better than I thought it was mm-hmm. better that like the first five episode will be global speed speeding like just global yeah. speed that because you yeah. know you have to just like go through his motions of being 
initially terrible to people, but then, you know, and he doesn't learn very fast to not be terrible mm. to people. Is the right. thing, you know, he's not Junho from King of the Land, where mm, like when yeah. somebody says, "Oh, don't do that because of this," they immediately like, "Oh, shouldn't I?" You know, right. he's not that, but mm-hmm. he does <laughs> take a turn, and like, I don't know, it might be a little too simplistic for some people, you know, because mm. I think they initially say like, "What will help him?" Is like trusting somebody and loving somebody Mm -hmm. or the love of somebody as well right you know that is really the thing that like makes him better Mm. um so some people might might not be down with that but yeah i just like i really sympathize with all the people you know Mm -hmm. and like one of the arcs is like the friendship between him and the robotics group how they became like really close um Mm -hmm. i thought that was great and like you just said (laughs) lee minji and kim ki do they are in here too though they're not romantically linked and don't have any scenes together but there was one scene where kim ki do sees lee minji go into you know the mailing's house and was like who was Mm -hmm. that (laughs) Was like, this is- See, that makes me <laughs> like, what, what is the meaning of that? If I not, know. they have some other connection in real life. That is so funny. They're in so many dramas together. Um, yeah. But uh, Lee Minji is so fantastic here. It's so nice to see her in like a different role again. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever seen her like this. So she's one of um, Gia's best friends and she's mm-hmm. just so fun and funny. And yeah. it's just a great, great character here. Yeah. Um, and um, there is one point that will, like, get your heckles raised because it did mine. <laughs> it will personally offend you. But... Okay. So one of the, like, supporting characters has naturally curly hair. Mm-hmm. And somebody, I think it is Lee Min Chi's character, that's like, oh, but if you, like, strained it, you might be, like, cuter. And she does. And people are like, wow. And I was like, "Who? Are, where's the group that protested the Princess Diaries where when <laughs> mm-hmm. the makeover was straightening her hair? Mm-hmm. Come protest this because what a load of bull that is. Just, right? Oh my goodness. I was like, why are we still here? Her curly hair is fine. It's cute. Like right? maybe she needs to style it a little bit, but not really. It's fine. Uh. Obviously, these people have not seen Che Musung in Uncontrollably <laughs> Fond if they have anti-curly hair bias. I mean, as a naturally curly-haired person, obviously, I take offense mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> I'm, I mean, and what a dumb thing to pick on, too, I out of all know. the things. But, I okay. know. Um, so, yeah, I really like Che Subin in these kinds of characters where she's some yeah. kind of like middle-class person who is like mm-hmm. hustling to like mm-hmm. um you know not just make ends meet but just like get to what she wants to do mm-hmm. um and really like clinging to that and doing all she can to do it mm-hmm. um you know initially she wanted to so her motivation to come and continue to be like the robot was because 
the company was doing like a young entrepreneurship like competition. And, oh, uh-huh. and she had entered, um, mm-hmm. and but he had canceled like the final selection. I'm not what? clear why. Um, so she wanted to like make sure that happened so she can like go and all these people uh, can go and yeah, right, like right. have their product seen, you know, mm-hmm. which she successfully does, um, which is delightful. Um, so anyway, I, I just think she's really good here. Mm-hmm. Um, our male lead is Yu Song Ho. Um, I, have I seen him in anything else? I feel like this might be the first thing I've actually seen him in. Mm. Um, oh, he was in Queen Sun Duk, I think, as a really young, yes. He was a really, like, young prince that oh, uh-huh. uh, was going to succeed, I think, Queen Sun Duk. Anyway, so I have seen him when he was very, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was in Arang and the Magistrate. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was one of the, like, deities or whatever he had. Also incredible hair in that. Um, um, But I thought they were like really good in this show. Mm -hmm. Um, You just really need to global speed that first few episodes. And her, she has a brother that she's, she was living with and Mm -hmm. her brother was like unnecessarily mean to her in that first mm. like two episodes yeah. or whatnot yeah. but then found the errors of his ways and like turned out to be a you know good character um and like contributes a lot like it's a real like mm-hmm. good ensemble piece as well i thought oh yeah um i thought everyone in the like robotics team was like really fun and funny um lots of you know other friends in here so i was confused about one thing which is the mm. age of the head of the robotics, which was um, Um Ki Jun, mm-hmm. um, which we have seen in many things also. So he, you know, he's Chase Sabin's character's ex-boyfriend, right? Um, okay. And then he said something like, there's a like higher up person in the company that died in an accident. Okay. It turned out not an accident, but <laughs> okay. So they were trying to find the driver of this person to find information about the accident because they everyone was right. like it was so suspicious and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we might be able to find information about other things. And um, they were talking about him and Chesabin's brother was talking about like, oh, d- do you know that guy? And he's like, oh yeah, he's the driver of that person from the company. He used to come to my lab <laughs> to to like inspect things, you know. Uh-huh. And I'm like, when is this? How what? long ago was that? How long sir? was that? <laughs> like, I'm confused. Like, I yeah. I just did not. I guess I wasn't paying attention when they were talking about this guy from the company. Mm-hmm. Like when all this happened, but anyway, I was very confused about when that happened. I was like, but what? <laughs> How old are you exactly? Yeah. How are you? Oh my gosh. But anyway, you know, I would say try it out. Yeah. It's definitely not everyone's cup of tea, probably, but I just find it to be 
like I said, heartwarming by mm. the, you know, as a total. You know, mm-hmm. I like the questions they raised. You know, mm-hmm. I thought they were like, you know, good at like pacing things. So, mm. and like the second female lead, I wish there was more of her. And I wish there mm. was more of sort of like talking about their friendship and resolving mm-hmm. that because um, the other friend, I I can't believe I did not say this earlier, is played by Kang Ki-young, one of our faves. Huh? Yeah. Oh, boy. And so he, the thing with him is he didn't know some things, so he was also, like, a little terrible in this show as, like, like mm-hmm. the son of the main villain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so he was also, like, not one of these people that are like, but I still want to be friends, but why are you mean to me? You know, he is mm-hmm. also antagonistic towards the male lead, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years of that, of course, like, how can you not? Um, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't clear to us, like, how much he knew, how much he's doing things on purpose, you know, Mm -hmm. like, all that stuff until, like, sort of the very end where he's, Mm -hmm. like, surprised about some things that his dad did and was like, what? Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, he had to admit, like, some sort of, like, willful ignorance of -hmm. some things that he should have, like, intervened, um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just wish there was more addressing like the three's friendship because mm-hmm. I thought that's you know that girl was great. Um, it's she's played by Huang Sung Un. Um, I just thought she they did a good job with her character. So I'm like, why should she more in this more? Yeah, you know she's not your typical whatever because she's like as soon as she's so not on board with her what her dad is doing by like marrying mm-hmm. her off to like whoever is in charge Mm -hmm. um basically and really wanting like she's competent in her job she's actually working (laughs) like like she of course nepotism but she actually is actually good at her job and actually doing things like she's the one that like reinstated that whole like final um competition thing and -hmm. it was her project and it was like great so Mm mm-hmm Anyway, and it has a cute noodle. It has a cute noodle. <laughs> Lee Han So, who is also in chocolate. She's a... Oh, yeah? She's... Oh, um, the the little girl whose mom is ill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is so precious. And I love, you know, I love a precocious little noodle. Like, she's... Sure. She's so funny because she's... Like, she would tell her dad, like, you really messed up. <laughs> and he's like, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you better do something about it. <laughs> he's like, yep. <laughs> but she's so cute in this show. So if you love a cute noodle, there is one here. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then like all the PPL towards the end. Hilarious. Hilarious. All the stuff that they forgot to do until the last episode. <laughs> Got to cram it all in. Yeah. yeah, so I would say just, like, try it out. See if it's for you. You know, just know the first, I would say, five episodes um, will have some degree of, like, annoyingness, you know. Mm. But, like, uh, when I say five episodes, the first five hours, because it's also a 30-minute Thing. I was going to say, I was yeah. just going to ask you if you really meant first five episodes or if you meant the first right. 10 episodes, essentially. Right. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, and really that also helps like it did with um, two cops, you know, how mm-hmm. they um, really the 30 minute running time makes it go quite fast, mm-hmm. um, even without global speed. <laughs> but I still do recommend global speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say they do this like thing where, you know, the episode ends with sort of like a momentous thing. Right. And then you go oh, yeah. into the next episode and they like fill you in between like the two last scenes of mm-hmm. the, of the previous episode mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. like a whole scene of what happened to get to that point oh gotcha and they uh-huh. do this a lot but it got to mm-hmm. be a little like but why are you doing this? right is this really necessary <laughs> yeah. like we could just, just figure it out tell yeah. us what happened in real time mm-hmm. so yeah. that's that's the only thing so anyway i would right. tentatively recommend but you you have to be a little patient in the beginning but i feel mm-hmm. like the payoff is pretty good yeah, I would say. Well, I mean, I do really, like I said, I really love her in Strongest Delivery Man. And I 100% agree that these are the kinds of roles that she really excels in. These sort of spunky, you know, yeah. sisters doing it for themselves kind of characters. Well, sadly, this next (laughs) drama that we're going to talk about, I feel like her character in Where Stars Land is almost the polar opposite from Donna from Strongest Delivery Man. Like, she almost could not be more different. Um, So, Where Stars Land came out in 2018. So, I mean, so far we've been doing pretty good for staying in chronological order, Sue. This is a little unusual for us. Uh, (laughs) So the Korean title of this show is Fox Bride Star, which seems like a really weird name. (laughs) Um, But the opening sequence of the show starts out it takes place at Incheon airport and the opening sequence like the credit sequence um starts with a like helicopter shot or a drone shot over the airport and you see that the way the airport is shaped looks like a fox's face and apparently this is like a nickname associated with the airport also there is a restaurant within the drama that has that name, Fox Bride Star. Um, mm. And it's a little bit confusing, you know, but it's on Vicky. So all the translation, all the captions are done by different people, like dozens of different people are doing the captions over the course of this. This is another like half hour, mm. 32 half hour uh, structure. Mm-hmm. And so because... The English title is Where Stars Land. Sometimes the captioners, when the sign for the restaurant, the Fox Bride Star restaurant sign is shown, Mm -hmm. they sometimes will translate it as Fox Bride Star, which makes sense because that's literally what it says. But sometimes because that's the Korean title of the show, they'll write Where Stars Land as like as if that were the name of the restaurant, which is like that 
I mean, it's kind of a weird name for a restaurant, but Where Stars Land seems like a super weird name for a restaurant. And, you know, it's the same restaurant. It should have the same name. So I just thought that was sort of like, that's something I have plenty of issues with Netflix subbers, but that is not something that would happen on a Netflix (laughs) subber because, you know, it's fewer people working on it. I thought that that was funny, though. So the male lead is my opa, who I love, Lee Jae-hoon. You know, I won't go through the whole cast. There are lots of familiar faces, lots of secondary characters whose faces you will recognize. Um, I feel like I should mention, I guess, sort of the second male lead, question mark, is Rowoon, who I've not seen in anything else. This show does not make me want to see him in any other things. I'll try not to hold it against him in the future because I know he's in lots of things. But his, I mean, it's one of these things where his character, kind of like Chase Bin's character in Love in the Moonlight, he does not need to be here. Like, he's her friend who has a crush on her and, like, does nothing about it. He's so, so nothing burger. But I'm like... Why did you agree to do this show, sir? I don't know. Anyway, um, I just was like, why are you here? In a, in a drama that has so many characters, because it takes place, like I say, at Incheon Airport. So it makes sense that there would be tons of people in it because lots of people mm-hmm. work there. Lots of people are coming through the airport. My favorite thing about this drama was, uh, especially early in the early episodes, it had a little bit of a case of the week format because of mm. all of the passengers coming through and Chase Bin's character and Lee Jae-hoon's character both work on the like passenger service team. Um, mm. You know, that's basically what they're engaged in is like dealing with trying to make the passengers lives easier. And uh, so they get called into a lot of different scenarios and that was my favorite thing about these show were these little these little stories that usually were over two half hour episodes um that's not saying a lot <laughs> i already said in our last catch-up i was complaining about the fact that like where is the security like these things keep happening <laughs> I had forgotten that it's in the, I think the very first episode, it might be the second episode where Chase Bin and Lee Jae-hoon are like called out into the airport because there is a guy rampaging against the like ticketing kiosk thing Mm -hmm. and like flipping out and like he damages three of the kiosks. And I'm like, where is security? This, in my experience, would never be allowed to escalate to this point where he destroys three kiosks in an airport. Mm. Because mm-hmm. there are armed security people, like, close enough that it's not going to escalate to this point. And you're not going to have tiny Chase Subin, like, this is the person who you send out? You know, and she's not Don Ah with her amazing, like, martial arts skills from Strongest Delivery Man. She's, she's real wishy-washy. Um, <laughs> so the the security people who we do see, Kim Kyung Nam, who I mentioned before from The King Eternal Monarch, and he's also uh-huh. in Strongest Delivery Man, 
And uh, Lee Su Kyung, who I did not know, but she's in law school. So I guess you would know her from that. I don't know. I did not know her from anything else. Um, but they are the sort of team leader and the hubei on one of the security teams that I'm like, but where are you when we need you, friends? But their story was my favorite story. They have a little like push and pull. They both like each other, but neither one wants to admit it kind of thing going on. Um, you know, and that was my favorite part of the like whole 32 episode drama. But again, that's not saying a lot. I mean, it's really not about them. So here's, here's the thing with this drama. Both of the leads have big secrets and uh, they both have shame about their big secrets that they're trying to keep from everybody else. And it seems like we are, are meant to believe that Yoram has been... Oh, did I say that that's her name? Han Yoram is Jason <laughs> Bin's character. Uh, her big secret has caused her such shame in her life that she's now like super anxious all the time, super nervous all the time. Um, she's always worried about like other people gossiping about her or what people are saying, like to the point that that's mostly what she does is like fuss about what other people are saying. And that was a real frustration of mine in this show is like, she's almost never, and this show takes place 98% of the time at the airport, you know, most mm -hmm. of the show is when people are at work. She's not shown being competent at her jobs because she's always like off texting with Rowoon about like fussing about something that she thinks somebody's gossiping about or whatever. I'm like, Ugh. you know, like I said, she is the polar opposite, the mirror image <laughs> of Donna from, from strongest delivery. Um, Lee Jae-hoon's relationship with his big secret is he's also been damaged by it, but he's not as insecure and sort of crippled with insecurity mm -hmm. as she is. I just found her character to be so frustrating and so like wishy-washy. I just wanted her to grow a spine for like the whole first two thirds of the drama just about. So I thought this drama was quite terrible, honestly. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I stuck with it for a couple of reasons. I did want to see how it was all going to work out. But I'm going to go ahead and spoil both their big secrets because both of them, like, my biggest problem with this show is that I find both of their b big secrets morally problematic. So if you really want to watch this show and you don't want it spoiled, go ahead and skip to the next thing because I'm about to spoil what their big secrets are, which you don't find out till about halfway through the series. So her big secret that has caused her so much shame is that she's adopted. And she's so ashamed of it that she can't even really ever say outright that that's what the secret is. Like the way that she expresses it is 
her name is Yorum, which means uh, summer in Korean. Mm-hmm. And but she, when asked what her favorite season is, her favorite season is autumn because that's she was born in the summer, but she didn't meet her parents until the autumn. Mm. And that's like as much as she ever says about the fact that she is adopt that she was adopted by her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? That that is it? Like that is your shameful secret that as an adult, like thirty year old person, no one can know about you is that when you were an infant, you were adopted." I just found that. I mean, and I get that it's a real thing in, you know, that the adoption is far less accepted in Korean mm-hmm. society than it is in, I won't speak for all of Western society, than it is in American society. But the fact mm-hmm. that her entire character is like basically crippled by this fact that, you know, to an American mm-hmm. is like, this this is not should not be a shameful thing. Like the fact that you carry so much right. shame around this is ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, and like I say, like to the point where she can't even really say it out loud. Like she can only really yeah. mention it obliquely. I found that highly problematic, but not as problematic as his big secret, which is when he was an adolescent, when he was a teenager, played in the flashbacks by Noodle Emeritus Namdarum, we love him. <laughs> uh, he was in a profoundly devastating accident. And mm-hmm. as a re- result, his right arm and leg are basically not usable. Like they, they are damaged beyond repair. Yeah. Um, so he is profoundly disabled in those two limbs and, you know, lived in a motorized, lived using a motorized wheelchair for like 12 years. And then because technology is magic, mm-hmm. uh, got these magical prosthetics that allow him to use his, you know, use his arm and leg in a way that no one would ever know that he was disabled. So he's basically like keeping it on the DL. He doesn't want anyone to know that he has these prosthetics or that he's disabled, which to me is sort of problematic enough in itself. But then it comes to the point as the story goes on that these prosthetics are actually damaging him like something goes wrong with the with the prosthetics and i mean it's not just the like the thing that goes sort of clamps onto him but he has all these chips or whatever embedded Mm. into his arm and leg that are like stimulating the nerves and muscles or whatever but -hmm. something has gone wrong and it's basically going septic and like the the more he uses it, like the more dangerous it is for him. Oh. And the guy who is the, you know, super fancy scientist guy who designed the magical technology basically says to him, like, you need to stop or it's going to kill you. And he mm-hmm. chooses to keep wearing the prosthetics. Like he <sighs> would rather die as an, 
perceived as an able-bodied person than live as a disabled person. And I found that real offensive and really did not feel like that was a thing that should be like a message that should be elevated in a drama Uh like this. Like I felt, felt that that was very grossly ableist and Mm. should not be as like a primary theme in a drama in 2017. So Mm. I stuck with it to the end in part because I was really hoping for his character, you know, and when Chase Ubin's character, you know, of course they like fall in love. And when Chase Ubin's (laughs) character finds out that he's choosing like to appear Mm able-bodied and die (laughs) rather than like to stay by her side and be a disabled person. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she's like, don't choose this. Like I want, I will be your arm and leg. Like don't do not choose this. Right. And he still wants to choose it anyway. My hope was I stuck to it to the end because my hope was that he would come around to accepting that his life as a disabled person was worth living. You know, mm-hmm. that that life without full use of your limbs can be just as valuable as life as a, a normally abled, quote unquote, normally abled person. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that's not what happens. <laughs> and oh. the way it ended... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was real not happy with. And also just, I'll just mention because it was on top of this like real super disappointing drama. He goes, of course, you know, in the last episode, he and Magic Doctor go to the United States to get magic technology, you know, fixed, which P.S., international listeners we don't have magic in the united states i know that they like to show this in dramas like as if the u.s medical profession is like so far advanced that we can fix everything we can't we don't have magic (laughs) but they go to the u.s he doesn't talk to her or update her for a year again why This is the 21st century. Why is this a thing? Why is being out of touch a thing for a year? Very end of the drama, you know, he shows up at the airport or we're meant to understand that he shows up at the airport, but all they show is his back at the very end of the drama. And like Yoram sees him and, you know, embraces him. They never show Lee Jae-hoon's face. And it's so unsatisfying. Like, even as much as I had serious problems with this drama, it's so unsatisfying <laughs> to never see his face. Like, what on earth? Did he leave early? I mean, I think it must have not been him, I mean, right? Yeah, like, there's no reason for them not to show him. So was he like... Sorry, I have to go. <laughs> right. I don't know. Was it like know, his military service calling? <laughs> it's, it was so weird to me. Uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, so I I would say run away from this drama. I watched it so you don't have to. There is really, there's really no reason to, to watch this drama. Mm. I think I gave it a five. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Well, our next show is A Piece of Your Mind, um, circa 2020. And we talked about this show in Junhae's episode. Uh, and at that time, you haven't seen it, right? Correct. I had not seen yeah. it. And now you have. Correct. Um, uh, so we will have a robust <laughs> <laughs> discussion of the show. So uh, it's a little hard to distill like what the show is about, but I will try. Um, so it's a story about two people. One is an like AI engineer type person, um, and one is a classical recording engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the AI engineer is more like computers, right? But also products, kind of thing. So, and they both have like sort of like major trauma that happened in their past, and they're sort of like living with it, trying to some ways trying to work past it but like with not a lot of success like it's Mm. really like holding them back in life Mm -hmm. um and so the two you know these two people meet and there are things that happen i very much do not want to spoil some things that happen here um and you know they get entangled in some ways and there's um there are moments in the beginning where they were sort of talking to each other but didn't know it was the other person mm. like there's a lot of sort of like misconnection type things mm-hmm. you know like one person walks out the door as the other person like turns the corner you know this kind of like they almost meet but they don't meet mm-hmm. um with like even like different other people uh it's kind of like a style that like sort of mm-hmm. established i feel like especially in the like first half of the show until mm-hmm. like everyone meets everybody mm-hmm. and knows who each other are um so it's a very it's a very slow burn um it's very melancholy mm-hmm. you know it's of the four um three of them are really trying to work out terrible things that happen to them Mm. And then sort of there's like the connection between the four is also like important to like the show, Mm -hmm. um, to the plot. And the show does this thing where they'll, you know, they'll reveal a little bit and then like move on and then reveal a little bit. So you, you never know the full story Mm -hmm. until like a, a certain point. And then there's like, another thing that you're like but what is it mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't like find that out until like almost the very end um so it's you know it's it's a story about like when i talked about it before it's very much something that like sits in the feelings of the people it's very like sort of i don't know for me it's like one of these like a little bit like ethereal things mm. um because it's people like sorting out their feelings sorting out 
connections with each other, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a positive or negative one. You mm-hmm. know, they're like working through a lot of stuff together and alone. And I don't know, for me, like, I really, really love this kind of like feelings <laughs> show. Like, it's like something that's like very, very soft, even though it's very melancholy, but it's like very soft as well. Um, I don't know how to like really describe it very well, but anyway, it's, if you want like plot that moves forward, like all the time, this is not for you. (laughs) This is not something that's like snippy to the point. It's very circuitous at points. Um, you know, the whole like misconnection thing can get very irritating, uh, especially because it does get played out a lot. Like Mm -hmm. that happens like quite a bit in the beginning. Um, but also I felt like that raises tension. Like mm. I was like, uh, but also like, I'm glad I'm like, uh, cause it, I did care about them like mm-hmm. meeting or not meeting. You know what right. I mean? Um, so in that way, it really, really like this, like just presses a lot of my buttons mm-hmm. in terms of like the kind of drama that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that it was supposed to be 16, but it got reduced to 12 because the ratings were not good. So I guess not a lot of people liked this kind of show. <laughs> so, you know, I understand if some people, this is not your jammy jam. Um, like for me, it's, it's something that doesn't quite live in reality in a mm. way, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's sort of like floating in its own universe kind of thing. So I, I can forgive a lot of things about it that some people were like, well, that doesn't make sense or that like I can like sort of brush it aside. Like to me, that's not important. Like this mm-hmm. part of it is not important. This part is important. Like mm-hmm. sort of the connection between the people is the most important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a fantastic mini story in it with Lee Jung-un that like further connects people that mm-hmm. I thought was like, very nice like i love that you know that little yeah. thing that they did with her and her story and i just her character yeah <laughs> it was so good it was so good like she's i, I mean we you know she can yeah. like do no wrong uh by us yeah. <laughs> we love her so much but i just really enjoy how they like weaved the story and mm-hmm. how they like kept you like guessing what really happened and like you i feel like the tension was still like kept pretty taut most of the time Mm -hmm. that i'm like not losing sight of like but there is this one thing that we don't know like what what really happened there you know kind Mm -hmm. of thing so i just yeah you know but i felt like the emotions of the peoples were very real Mm -hmm. you know even if like the situations they're in might not be like completely realistic but i thought how people were like this is basically like four different people who are processing things very differently Mm. um and i thought that was like such an interesting study in that like people process grief differently people um think about how other people want to connect to other people differently Mm um you know i think the technical side of the AI part was not really um, explained very well. 
Yeah. And so that can be like, if you're like a stickler for that, that's going to be very frustrating because you will never know like how this thing actually works. Right. Um, But I, you know, like I said, I just like, that's not the most important thing for me. Right. Actually, it's more important for me that this thing like exists Mm. and like people can use it for different, different things and can help people um and different things um so anyway i really love it (laughs) but this is very much like a sort of specific like targeted for me like Mm. it's this is very much not everyone's cup of tea like i said it's slow there's a lot of like sitting in your feelings in one place there's a lot of like you know sort of going around things instead of straightforwardly going to things. Um, So I would recommend if you like this kind of thing, but it's really not for everyone. Yeah. 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 What now that you finished Lynn, Mm -hmm. what do you think of this? Um, I didn't hate it. I certainly, (laughs) I certainly didn't love it as much as you did. I had Mm -hmm. a lot more Mm -hmm. issues with it than you did. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. could very much understand why they truncated it, like how it was Mm -hmm. not appealing to a lot of people. And to me, Mm -hmm. I mean, I said this in our last, in the catch up in the last episode, like Mm -hmm. pretty much almost nothing happens and nothing is revealed in those first two episodes. And I found that real frustrating. Ultimately, there were a lot of things I really liked about it. I mean, I agree with you that, um, you know, the feelings are very real. It hadn't really occurred to me. I was looking at, uh, I guess it must have been on the Drama Beans recap of it, which P.S. The Drama Beans recapper was like you. The the Mm. recapper loved, loved, loved it and was real mad, Mm -hmm. like was watching it in real time and was real mad when they decided (laughs) to cut it four episodes shorter um but i hadn't really thought about because i mostly don't pay attention to the titles you know Mm -hmm. i'm looking at you where stars land slash fox bride (laughs) star like lots of times especially the english titles of things Mm -hmm. like don't have anything to do with the the reality of the drama and so i've just sort of gotten into the habit of dismissing them Mm-hmm. and or I just you know don't really give it any thought um, and it wasn't mm-hmm. until I was reading the recap that I was like oh yeah the theme of pieces is a like mm-hmm. a repeating thing like it actually is a meaningful title in the case of this story and like mm-hmm. what you were talking about about this repeated misconnections thing which like I was more on the side of like yes I get it like it gets frustrating after a while of like they're Mm -hmm. always like missing each other um but then it does start out with these characters who are very sort of isolated and separate pieces and we're only told at the beginning like very disparate pieces of this story with a lot Mm -hmm. of space in it this is what I was thinking about this week I went to graduate school a long time ago. I'm not going to tell you all how many years ago it was, but it was, I would, I would tell you in decades if I were going to tell you. It was a long time ago. Um, I went to graduate school for libraries and studied literature and stuff like that. And uh, one of the things that we talked about in studying literature specifically, but it's not 
confined to the area of literature is what we used to call meaning making. They probably call it something else now all these years later. Mm. But basically, the idea is that like the meaning of a piece of literature or piece of art is made somewhere between the art itself and the receiver of the art. Like, you know, exactly what the story is, Mm. is a combination of what the author does, what the makers of the art do, and your experience as a viewer, because every person Mm. is going to bring their own thing to it. And Mm -hmm. that's one, you know, one of the big reasons why people receive things so differently Mm. and why Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. can be so resonant with one viewer and other people are like, that was the biggest garbage that I ever wasted my time on, you know, it's Mm -hmm. because we Mm -hmm. bring such different things to it. Mm -hmm. So... The thing that I was thinking about with regards to this show is because there's all this space in it, because it is so slow and because the pieces are so far apart, is Mm. you as the viewer, to some extent, are going to fill in that space with your own experience. And that is, to a large extent, or to some extent, going to shape your response to it. Like, I Mm. think a lot of the things that I was annoyed by early on in this show were things that I was bringing to it because it was telling us so little. So I was like, okay, I have no choice, but like automatically my brain is going to like relate these to other things and they Mm -hmm. weren't positive associations. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like I can totally see how somebody else would receive that in a very different way because they're, you know, because they're going to receive it differently based on their, Mm -hmm personal experience um which i don't necessarily think is bad but like my experience was what it was and there were a lot of things that <laughs> annoyed me because of that. yeah you know i mean i will say like specifically i think i had a such a strong reaction to the second male, male lead who is a professional mm-hmm. pianist mm-hmm. and like not nice to people Mm-hmm. Um, because like I lived in Nashville for a long time and like used to know people who were basically just like that, like who thought mm-hmm. that they were geniuses at their instrument and that they could treat people like garbage because they're geniuses and like everybody should do whatever that person demanded because mm-hmm. I'm a genius and you're not, um, which like somewhat is supported by what happens in the show, but also is supported by my lived experience of like Mm -hmm. knowing and having bad experiences with people like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I don't know if it's fair or unfair. It is what it is, but Mm -hmm. I really had a hard time, you know, with his character. Also, he's just the same for so long in the, like he gets, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he takes so long to get to a point of being like oh baby the way I've been behaving for 10 episodes was not the most helpful way Um, Mm -hmm. but I mean I do think that there was a lot that was really good and really well done in it Um, I mean I really liked the relationship between the two leads Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that their relationship grows with each other, the way they help each other heal from their respective traumas. Mm -hmm. I also really enjoyed the whole Lee Jung-un 
arc, her whole thing. Mm -hmm. There were still a lot of things that I was like, I don't understand why this is in here. I don't understand how this informs the story. Like, why was this whole thing in here? But um, I mean, ultimately, I I think I gave it an eight. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I would definitely say, give it a try because the way you fill in the gaps might be like Mm -hmm. Susie and you might end up really loving it. And I certainly Mm -hmm. don't regret watching it, Mm -hmm. Um, but it just didn't resonate with me the way that it did with, with you. But I still think, Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the people who are in it are excellent in it. I really was engaged by the second female lead. I've not seen her in anything else. Mm -hmm. And she's a real unusual character. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really loved her until she did a thing that made me irate. <laughs> and then I was real mad at her. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, but that's also part of the thing. Like, I I, yeah, I don't yeah. fault the show for that. It's just yeah. like, it's part yeah. of the story. But I was real, mm-hmm. real mad. But obviously, like, you know, I get sucked into people's stories really easily because obviously I took it really seriously and I got really (laughs) affected by it because I was so angry um so I mean I would I would still say give it a try it might not be for you but Mm -hmm. I I don't regret it I mean I think 12 episodes is the right length for it right I think they actually benefited from that truncation because it really made them focus to like Mm -hmm. wrap up things yeah uh because at I feel like at that point they're there was danger of it just floating, (laughs) you know, just prolonging things, um, which at that point needed to speed up, right? Like it was, it was good to like, sort of like be slow in the beginning. And then like, it's sort of like a funnel, right? So like, Mm. once we like get to a point of knowing some information, Mm -hmm. things really needed to just go a certain way. Yeah. Um, Instead of, like, keep on meandering, you know, mm-hmm. taking a stroll, like, we need to now address the issue finally right. head on. Right. Um, and I think they did that really well. You know, um, I thought the second uh, male leads, like, especially the female lead, her ending was too ambiguous. Like, mm. I wish that was, like, a little bit more pointed. Yeah, I um, But that's, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I really... I've Lee Hana has been around for a minute and I saw her sort of um I did not finish this drama because it was like on a Korean channel on cable and I just couldn't um catch all of it but it was oh, wow. called Women of Women of the Sun mm-hmm. which is like kind of like a Makjangi mm-hmm. show about two sisters and they got, like, separated when they were, like, little, and it turned out, like, I think the big sister, like, made her disappear. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yikes. Uh, kind of thing while they were, you know. So, um, and she, she was in Triple, which I also, oh. like, because it's about figure skating. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was in that, which I enjoyed, and, um... She hosted a music show for a while. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it's called, but it was succeeding um, Yoon Do Hyun's Love Letter. This is on KBS, I think. Mm-hmm. And then after her, it was the long-running, beloved um, sketchbook with Yu Hui Yo. 
Um, so she's also like she can sing as well. She really mm-hmm. loves music. Um, so I've like really liked seeing her the little bit that I have. So it was like delightful to see her here. She's so kooky <laughs> and she's yeah. so different. And it was such a, like a breath of fresh air among these like curmudgeons mm. <laughs> or like so sad, yeah, you yeah. know? Um, so yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm glad you did not regret it. <laughs> oh, no, no, definitely not. Uh, I also do not regret watching Rookie Cops. <laughs> what a caveat. Uh, right? <laughs> That's what I can say. No, uh, I mean, I would watch Rookie Cops every day of my life before I would watch Where Stars Land again. Rookie Ooh. Cops came out in 2022. We talked about it a little bit. I talked about it a little bit. Susie has not seen it. Um, mm-hmm. In our episode about Soe Sook, who has a yeah. minor but important role in it. Um, but Chae Soo Bin is actually the lead in Rookie Cops. She plays mm-hmm. Go Eun Gang. And here is the summary from Drama Beans, which had no recap of Rookie Cops. Dear Drama Beans, oh. do better. That was not helpful to me because... I will say this. Nobody does recaps as well as Drama Beans. So I really yeah. was disappointed in the other drama, uh, the other recaps that I had to cobble together to remember what happens in Rookie Cops. Anyway, here's the, the summary from Drama Beans. A group of freshman recruits at the prestigious Korean National Police University must deal with the rigors of their training and the challenges that lie ahead from their pursuit of justice to the meaning of friendship and love. So, uh, and I also talked about this uh, at somewhat more length, actually, I think even than in the So You Suck episode, uh, when I watched it in the, in the catch up, when I was in the process of watching it. So the male lead is musician Kong Daniel. This is his acting mm-hmm. debut in this. I've already given my thoughts about that. Um, the second leads are Lee Shin Young, who I really, really love. He was one of the main reasons of why I wanted to watch this show. You'll know him from Crash Landing on You. He's the handsome one of the ducklings in Crash Landing on You. Uh, he's also in a drama that I really liked, How to Buy a Friend. He's the lead in that. And Bite Sisters! <laughs> um, and Park Yoo Na, who's in a lot of things, including Hotel Del Luna and True Beauty. They're the two leads. And so the story is that Ungang decides to go to the police academy based in part on the fact that her crush goes there. Maybe not mm-hmm. the best idea. Um, but, you know, it turns out that she actually, like, feel, ultimately feels passionate about it and feels like she, you know, found her calling she doesn't get in initially, but then because the training is so difficult for these brand new recruits and there's also hazing involved, one of the brand new students, you know, quits very early on after a couple of days. And so there's an empty spot. And so Ungang, you know, gets to come in a little bit late with her with her colleagues. And um, I mean, there's a, a business with her family that I'm not really sure why her family isn't nicer to her like Mm -hmm. she has an older Mm -hmm. sister who has a medical problem 
and is like a little bit terrible and spoiled and the parents like do everything and spend all their money on the older daughter and then Ngong just is sort of like and the rest um and it's like i don't really understand why that needed to be part of the story because also i feel like it wasn't really like resolved in a particularly meaningful way but anyway um but she's shown right away to be like pretty feisty and pretty Mm. you know interested in in justice and uh loyal she stands up for her sister even though like she knows her sister is terrible like she stands up for her in public and then at home scolds her basically which seems like that's the right order to do those things in don't scold your sister in public (laughs) (laughs) um and uh so she gets to the university and there are two rooms of two girls each there are four girls and there are four boys and uh you know and they form a friendship and i think that that is the best part of this show is the relationships among the the friends and their sort of friend group um you know they're some real funny things the one guy i think i mentioned this when i just started watching it uh one of the things that i really enjoyed early on was that one of the guys has decided to become a police officer because he's obsessed with signal with the drama signal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which, you know, of course I love that drama. So I loved that little reference, but he's like real kooky. That character is always doing goofy things, but they're a really sweet friend group and support each other. And, um, you know, I mean, it's one of these shows where these young kids who don't know what they're doing are constantly like bumbling into situations, like legitimately perilous situations. And I'm like, talk to grownups, please, please, will you talk to a grownup? <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't love that part about it. And th- this show definitely suffered from some tone problems, which I think I talked about also in the catch up when I had watched it, that mm-hmm. um, it has this real like spunky theme song and credit sequence where it shows them all like getting up in the morning getting ready to go to police university which really doesn't make sense because they live on campus but okay they're like all in their unique individual homes like brushing their teeth and getting dressed and whatever um you know and then they show oh here we are friends uh and then the very first thing that happens in the series is this real violent death (laughs) and it's like and and some parts of it are like quite violent and sinister like there's some real dark dark things that happen and then there's like wacky humor stuff and just a little bit like a little bit tone whiplash um i mean i thought it was fine like i didn't dislike it like looking back over the inferior recaps in preparation for today i was like yeah there were things that i really enjoyed about this show Mm -hmm. i also forgot it almost immediately like it's that kind Mm -hmm. of thing like it's fine but also like i can't say oh go watch it like i wouldn't say don't watch it but Mm -hmm. there are better things to watch for sure um so the character of Ungang is she's more reserved than like Donna in Strongest Delivery Man. Like she's not to spunky to that degree. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But she's not a doormat either. Like Mm -hmm. she, you know, she's willing to stand up and she's really the one who sort of puts in motion the machinations that bring the sort of hazing problem at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the series. Like her arrival and like standing up to the authority figures is sort of what brings that to a head. So, you know, she's that kind of character that she's going to stand up for what she believes in. And she's easy to like. She's easy to root for. Um, you know, it's, I mean, I wish this show were better because I think that she deserves better. But like, I think she's very good and this show is fine. Like, it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's what I have okay. to say. <laughs> Well, the next thing, and our last thing, is the fabulous circa 2022, and um, I think I just talked about it a bit in one of our catch-ups. Mm-hmm. So this is a real short drama. It's eight episodes on Netflix. It is a story about Chesu Bin's character, really. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she is like the main, main person here. Um, but it is about like a group of friends. Again, there's like four friends that are working in various roles in the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so one is a designer, one is a model, um, one is a photographer, and Chase Bin's character is works for like a luxury brand PR company. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they have their own sort of different corners of the fashion industry. And so they each get sort of like a spotlighty episode, I guess, um, Mm. to sort of like see where they are, where they want to go. Are they going to, how are they going to achieve it? Um, sort of thing. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a little bit episodic that way. There is Mm. a bit of an arc. So Choi Minho is also in here. Mm-hmm. of shiny fame and he is um the photographer friend and is her ex-boyfriend at this mm. point so the four friends went to college together i think that's how they oh okay um form so it's not like from childhood necessarily right um and so they dated you know sort of in college i think and mm. then Things happen and they broke up, you know, and now they're like meet up again. I think Minho had to like go somewhere else. Like he mm-hmm. was not in Korea for a bit. Mm. Um, and so now they're like meeting up again and there's like all that stuff. So I feel like the really the arc is sort of their relationship together. They're like having a push and pull. Should we be together? Should we not? Which is, I feel like, not a great arc for something mm. like this. Right, right. Um there were like I think there's some like really great moments in the show, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. overall, um, not even you know. And mm-hmm. some people are gonna find some of the characters hard to root for or care about. Um, yeah. But I find they they like managed to do some like surprising things in there with some character arcs, some um, supporting character arcs. The model friend I thought had like sort of the best storyline. Uh-huh. Um, they they really spent some time sort of um, exploring 
you know, what it means to be a model. And also, like, where do you go after being a model? Like, mm-hmm. how long does that last, really? Right, right. What kind of other trajectories would you have as a model? You know, like, it, it's not something that's going to last you forever. Right. Um, and, yeah, I thought they, like, really... I just really liked her character and her story mm-hmm. a lot. Um, so it's it's really not something I would super recommend, you know, because, again, it's real uneven sometimes. And it's like, regrettably, the like big arc is sort of mm, not great. Um, yeah. And I feel like they didn't give Minho enough to do mm-hmm. um, compared to Subin. And mm-hmm. that I thought that was like problematic too, because then you don't like get to know him very well, um, right? And it's like real short, so like there's not. It's more like you're meeting these people in this moment in time of their life, mm-hmm. and it's just like we're on a crossroads. Like where do we go from here? Right, kind of thing. And uh, so you don't get to have like a lot of history. Mm, of mm-hmm. how they got here you know right. there is a certain amount of that but i feel like it wasn't enough to like really flesh them out yeah um so unfortunately the show failed to do that and so mm. that's like sort of for me like you have to really like care about the characters to like really want to like follow along with their journey mm-hmm. so uh unfortunately they did not you know for me was not able to do that enough yeah Um, and so you really like it's like a flash in the pan like Mm -hmm. you just want to meet these people here and then see where they're going but if you if that's like not enough for you this is like not the show for you yeah um and it can get real silly because like if you don't care about the fashion industry it's also not for you because you know they're real serious about the fashion industry because they're in it and they're working in it you know so you know I know a lot of people, you know, think the fashion industry is, like, really frivolous and also, like, not, I don't know. There is a lot of problems with it. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean, like, fashion is not, like, a worthy thing to, like, invest Mm -hmm. your, like, time and work at, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, people are working because this is, like, the thing they like and... I don't know, to a certain extent, even if you say you don't care about fashion, you are, like, doing fashion your own mm. way. Like, right, right. just the fact that you're wearing a thing that you like, right, right. is a fashion thing. Because right. you're like, okay, I'm not, like, a leather jacket kind of girl. I'm more of a denim jacket kind of girl. And, right. I mean, that's already, like, involved in fashion, right? Right, so, sure. So, as little or as much as you do you still like participate somewhat in it Mm -hmm. um but you know i give them a chance (laughs) i don't know (laughs) give these kids a chance i don't know yeah i wouldn't like just wholeheartedly recommend it but you know give it a try you might like like it's eight episodes it's really like not very long um, and everyone looks nice in it. It's it is oh, beautiful sure. to look at. You know, it has some like fun um, supporting characters, and I I also don't regret 
watching the fabulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is not the best thing that I've ever watched. Um, Minho, I think, has not a good mullet um, in the show. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, there's just parts of it that I really enjoyed. Um, and, you know, you might, too. You, you don't know. Probably not me, but... Probably not someone you. else. You listening? Someone else, you know, might yeah. enjoy enjoy. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's short. It it's is short. Easy to, it's easy yeah. to put up with things that are short, in my right experience. All right. Well, Suze, the fabulous may have not been your favorite, but I know that you have some favorite scenes featuring Chase Ben. <laughs> yeah. I do. One of it is from Peace of Your Mind. So there's a scene where she is helping Jung Hae-in sleep. He doesn't sleep. He right. like has a real problem with sleeping. I um, mean, it like affects everything. So she's like, well, okay, I can just like hang out. So she goes to his house and he... He's just like, you know, why don't you just like sleep over just like very innocently? Like here's right. a couch or right. whatever. I think he eventually in moves her to the, to the bed. Yeah, in yeah. different rooms. Right. And he ends up on the couch and he's like, well, just like go to sleep. And she sleeps and he falls asleep mm-hmm. while she's there. Just like, and you know, she has the like door open and he can see her sleeping and he just falls asleep on the couch and he wakes up and he's real like surprised. I just, like, really love how just, I don't know, soft and nonchalant that scene Mm. is. Mm -hmm, And she's mm -hmm. just doing a thing. Like, it's a normal thing for her to, like, go to sleep. But, like, the impact of her presence there was, like, really great. Right. Um, And this is, like, a very simple scene. And just, like, every interaction they had after, like, a certain point was so lovely. Yeah. That I just... Mm. I just really love this little scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just so good. And then Well, it's so it, important, but they didn't put like a huge exclamation point on it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean it really is a huge pivotal scene in the show, but it's like mm-hmm. you said, like very soft and just sort of like almost matter of fact the way mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I really love that. And um in I'm not a robot, every time she goes into friend mode, mm-hmm. she's basically like that like ornery friend. She's not like a nice friend. Uh, right, <laughs> like, right. She's just like, why? What do you want? Is <laughs> like her Hilarious. her attitude. It's so funny every time. And he like every time she does it, he's like, ah, <laughs> like okay. <laughs> and but then he got used to it and kind of likes it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And she's, like, abrupt and very, like, straightforward with him. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy when they get to, like, do those kinds of scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a scene also in I'm Not a Robot where, gosh, they're just hashing out the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it has come to a head. Things have been revealed, and they're just... One is very angry. One Mm -hmm. is taking it because she knows that she deserves it. You know, Mm -hmm. like she's 
trying to explain. He's trying to like get to a point, but he can't because he's so like full of all the stuff. Mm-hmm. So he just he's just like regurgitating all the like things that he's been thinking about for the last whatever without her, you know. So mm-hmm. this is the first time they've like met up after a minute. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just like I don't know, they do it so well. Yeah. <laughs> like he's 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 angry, but he's not like I don't know, I guess he's a little mean. But he's really just trying to communicate to her. And mm. she is also trying to communicate with him and her just like her face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh it's just like she's so sad that she has caused this and also Mm -hmm. sad that he is still not receptive to like whatever she's trying to say Mm -hmm. but also like trying to like hang on um and not like lose hope on him like Mm -hmm. she did not wilt okay so like she's trying not to wilt um i don't know i just the both of them are just like really great in this mm-hmm. scene. Um, so I really like that scene. That makes oh, me want to watch it. <laughs> I mean I mean I everyone should try it. So try it. Like you'll I, you'll figure out like soon enough if it's not your cup of tea. Yeah. And you would not have like spent too much time on it. But uh, yeah, I would you know, give it a try. There's really like some nice moments and I said it's like it becomes heartwarming mm-hmm. <laughs> in, a, mm-hmm. in a way you didn't expect. Like, I really mm-hmm. thought this was going to be some kind of silly thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like it. You know, it's going to be like a nothing burger at the end. Things are going to not make sense and whatever. But I mean, you do have to like set your mind into the world, right? Like there is a robot and I mean, sure. him. they do address the things that you probably questioned in the beginning oh yeah which are like how can you not realize it's not a robot you know right right is like one of the biggest things you're gonna be like uh excuse me they will like actually address that actually they will like circle back to these things that you had thought about in the beginning and had annoyed you yeah and then they will just really like one by one Mm -hmm. um actually talk it out Mm -hmm. um which is really i thought also very lovely um so yeah i'm not a robot better than i thought (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're talking me into it suze um well i chose two scenes uh one is from the last episode as it turns out the last episode of peace of your mind so i already said about the character who i really struggled with the not very nice self-centered mm-hmm. piano guy mm-hmm. um and i don't think it's the last episode i think it's episode 11 he says something real terrible to subin's character and mm-hmm. so she's real angry with him but she for reasons that i will not get into like needs to go have a conversation with him sort of begrudgingly but mm-hmm. um so she goes and, you know, sort of is she's not really confronting him about what happens, it, what has happened in the past. It's like about something else now that she's mm-hmm. going to talk to him. But, um, you know, she has a lot going on because she feels real conflicted about 
you know, what has happened between them, what he said to her, and then the reason why she's there and has to, like, is forced to go and talk to him and everything. She has a lot of stuff going on. He has stuff going on. And there's, you know, she doesn't have a lot of dialogue. Neither one of them really has a lot of dialogue in Mm. this scene. But I just thought she did a really lovely job of sort of portraying all the things and, like, her ambivalence about being there because she's still mad at him but Mm -hmm. like she has a responsibility as she sees it to like do this thing and um you know it's just complicated and Mm -hmm. all of her all of her feelings are on display and uh i really i really liked that so Mm -hmm. um and I also really liked in uh, towards the end, approaching the end of Strongest Delivery Man. This is a scene that I often think of with regards to that drama. Um, so, I mean, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but not really. I alluded earlier to the fact that like a lot of what's going on in this drama as even if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you can figure out it's the conglomerate, the big guy trying to keep down the little guy and the little guy Mm. fighting back. And like I said, it happens a little bit too many times in the lazy Susan, but like the, the big manifestation of this is like Kong Su's indefatigable spirit is finally gets broken. Like it's finally Mm -hmm. more than he can handle. And he runs away to the Mm -hmm. shock of everyone. Um, All the people who care about him. And uh, Donna finally tracks him down and he's run away to his hometown where the, his empty house that he grew up in because his father has now passed away, you know, she goes and finds him there and, um, you know, sort of confronts him. And I think it's such a memorable scene to me because it really demonstrates how far her character has come from like where Mm -hmm. she started out at the beginning of the drama as this very sort of guarded, closed off person who doesn't really believe in anything, doesn't trust Mm -hmm. people, you know, and, and she's so vulnerable and it's such, such a dramatic shift from where she started out that, uh, it's really great. She's really great in it. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a real pivotal, pivotal moment in the drama and in these characters journeys. So I really like that scene as well. I mean, there are a lot of scenes in Strongest Delivery Man that I could have <laughs> picked because there are yeah. some real funny things. There are some real dramatic things. I just love that character a lot. So, <laughs> But that was the one I picked. So, Susie, now we are at the point when I get to ask you anything. (laughs) And uh, like I said, I thought a lot about, I was thinking a lot about a piece of your mind this past week, like sort of processing it and thinking about all the things that I was saying earlier. Mm -hmm. But I was also thinking about how, how much you love it and not just because... Jung Hae-in is your alt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was thinking about the fact that he's in 
some dramas, which we will not name, which were not excellent, but he's in a <laughs> lot of excellent dramas. Yeah, he is. Um, and so my question for you is, out of the dramas of his that you have seen, which one do you think is the best and mm. which one is your favorite? Which those could be two different things. Often for me, right. they're two different things. Whoa. Well, the best? <sighs> you say the best and favorite, right? Those are my questions for you. Yes. Right. Which one is your fa- which one is your favorite might be easier to answer than which mm-hmm. one you think is uh you would be the wrong. Best. You would be Oh, wrong. okay. Cuz I think the best one is DP. Like Okay. I think the best show he's been in is DP. It's not my favorite. But no, no. <laughs> but I think when when I think about his performances and also just like a drama, mm-hmm. I feel like that always like pops out for me. Yeah, because it's yeah. so like visceral. Yeah, um, that's a but good again, word. Like you, that's like you said, he's been in a lot of good ones. So right, um, but that one like immediately will like pop up when I think about like the best drama he's been in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that the other ones are not good because they right. are. Oh, he's um, in excellent ones. That's why I wanted to is. ask this question. Right. Um, favorite. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard because I feel like my favorite performance of his mm. might be in, uh, something in the rain. Mm hmm. Um, but like the favorite drama might be a piece of your mind. Oh, okay. Um, I just, man, I have such soft feelings for a piece of your mind. Like I just really like thinking about when I watched it, I was like, just, there's a lot of wistful sighing. (laughs) I was just like, I don't know. I just was so transported into the world of that drama. Like Uh I... You know, I often when I watch dramas, I'm like also like on my phone or, Mm. you know, because you after a while you can figure out like which scenes you don't quite need to pay attention to or you might be more interested in like certain characters than others. Um, So, you know, but like they really got my attention. Like I just did not want to miss a thing. Mm-hmm. When I was watching a piece of your mind, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I guess. But like his performance in something in the rain is, mm-hmm. ooh, it's just so good, so good. But he's like always so good. So yeah. what am I talking about? <laughs> huh. uh, You're talking about your personal preferences, which is what I asked you. So, <laughs> well, there you have it. Fantastic. That is so, so, so interesting to me. (laughs) Well, listening friends, what do you think Jung Hae-in's best drama is? (laughs) 
that could be a real dangerous question. If you think it is connect, please do find us on Instagram and tell us because I have so many questions for you if you think it is connect. So many questions for you. Uh, And, you know, whatever you think, we would love to hear from you. Where can they find us, Suze? You can find us on Instagram at um, Unnies on Opa's Pod. So, yeah. If do you think Connect is the best thing ever? <laughs> we want to know. We yes. want to know what, what how. <laughs> we want to mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all things, do you, what do you think about Chase a bit? What do you think about have you seen I'm Not a Robot? What do you think about it? Like, I'm mm-hmm. really interested. I feel like it's a divisive probably a divisive show mm. um but uh, yeah what did did you watch rookie cops what did you think about rookie cops yeah all the things let us know what do you think about this episode other episodes come chat with us we yeah. love chatting it's true we want to know what you think about this episode about our other episodes about your favorite actresses about your favorite opas because mm-hmm. as Kim Sun Young said in Reply 1988 if they're handsome don't you call them opa we do mm-hmm. do you you can find us on Instagram and tell us that you are ridiculous for calling men who are half your age opa well we'll, we'll take your abuse in any case we'll be back next time to talk about more of all of the things until then annyeong annyeong